Hey everybody, right before the show, wanted to let you know we have an update to our Patreon. A brand new monthly movie podcast is available now for $10 and up patrons at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. You want to hear me and Bob talk all about Mask of the Phantasm? The best Batman movie of all time? You can hear all about that in our long, almost three hours long podcast, patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we want to see you pee. I'm your host, Skittlebrow Enjoyer Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, and it's both easy and fun to criticize, in my experience. That's what we do for a living, and who else is here? <laughs> Wildcat superfan, Cat Bailey. And today's episode is Bart Starr. Hut! Hut! Hike! Hike! Hut! Yeah! <laughs> it's clobbering time! <laughs> this episode aired on November 9th, 1997, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps> oh my god! Happy birthday to my mom, Bobby! The Montreal Screwjob <laughs> happens at the WWF Survivor Series this night. Lisa Loeb's I Do debuts in the record stores mm. and the best movie ever starship troopers is number one at the box office oh my god starship troopers oh god i love that movie so i love much. it too bob i think you're a hater i don't of, like uh, it starship troopers. really yeah. why not i don't buy it you don't buy it i don't buy they it meant, they it is satire he meant it's, to do it it's not a fun movie to watch in any case robocop's way it better. is so much fun oh my god are I, you kidding me i agree with you that i like robocop more than starship like all they do troopers. is shoot the, bugs the i know best, that's the point there was a really good 20th anniversary retrospective of it where it points out that the best thing about that is that the two stars, the, the guy who plays a Marine and then his love interest <laughs> Casper Van Dien and Denise Roth they don't understand that it's satire Denise so they play guy. it all straight and that makes it ten times better and they're it's, bad actors so it's not fun to watch it's, true that, it's true that the commercials and Robocop are better but yeah. overall I find uh, and it's true Robocop is a better film but I find Starship Troopers, I can watch that movie anytime, any place and then the best part of it is how it makes the really crazy military sci-fi fascists nuts. Mm. They hate that movie so much because they're like, well, actually, I think that Robert Heinlein had a point about fascist society. <laughs> and it's like, uh, no, no, I'm going to I'm gonna side with the guy over here who's like, nah, nah screw Nazis. Just screw them. <laughs> I mean, my thing is, no matter what he's trying to say, it's just a boring movie for me. Well, where you just shoot bugs oh over and over God. again. Of, uh, but that's it endless warfare. opposite huh? of boring. You've convinced yourself it's good. No. Wrong. I, wrong, the, uh, wrong, Try wrong. and convince me at home and I won't listen. The, uh, I made the, up my mind. So the TV, the TV bits in Starship Troopers are also just so fucking funny. One of my Would you like to know more? One of my favorites is the uh well, one of my favorites is a kid saying like I'll do in my part but also the TV talk show, like the Crossfire talk show, where they both agree that this war is correct. So they don't, they do not offer the war is bad counterpoint. Well, why wasn't on that stuff throughout the entire media? movie? It was only at the very beginning. No, it wasn't. It was throughout they the entire film. They cut in a few times. Mm. They show um, Doogie Hauser, famous guy. Doctor uh, Horrible. Yes. Doctor Horrible. <laughs> Neil Patrick. Harris. He has that whole thing where he's uh, doing the experiments on the bugs. And they have to censor the yeah. uh, the testing on the brain bug. 
Exactly. Uh, I love it because it's it's propaganda from another dimension. That's, oh, that's it's great. What I like about and it. there's also that bit where um, there are all the little ro- the cockroaches and all the kids are stomping on them. Uh, and there's the mom part. going and laughing like a maniac in the background. Uh, and also, I love how they cast uh, Casper Van Dien's like frumpy liberal parents to be like, <laughs> "You, you can't do that. You can't join the army. Don't join the military. You can, you can get a deferment. No, I want to serve." <laughs> uh, and also, yes, the Montreal Screwjob at WWF Survivor Series. Ah, uh, yes, uh, that's one wrestling thing I do know about. What's the, what episode we explain that in full on? I think that would be on our Bret Hart episode right. uh, uh, from just last season with Matthew from Botchamania. But the story is actually pretty interesting it's, it's eh. very interesting i i don't care about wrestling but i do care about <laughs> sure. reading about the background of wrestling weirdly because i think the personalities involved are really interesting i guess and the montreal screw job is kind of the height of that sorry i don't know the wrestling terminology but the backstage stuff combining with the stuff that's happening in the ring all coming together and people as supposedly in the locker room there are two people face there are two sets of people facing off one another and there was almost a brawl and stuff like <laughs> that's crazy i know about the montreal screw job like some civil war historians know about like <laughs> gettysburg like yeah it's the 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 long and short of it is that bret hart previous guest star on the simpsons he wanted to leave wwf for wcw when you leave you're supposed to lose the championship that's what you do on your way out he didn't want to he had in his contract limited creative control he did not want to lose it in canada which is where he's from wwf felt he should he did not agree to that they lied and they told him okay you won't lose then he goes to the ring and they do a false finish they go like no you did lose get out of here and they just run away and it was this humiliating moment that kind of broke bret Hart's spirit forever mm. onward it's uh it's a very sad moment uh, there's the documentary wrestling with shadows is a very good one about that before we started this recording i was the only one at this table who liked super mario rpg so i'm full of <laughs> contrarian opinions tonight which will come out in full when we talk about sports starship troopers is a great film Watch Robocop. Uh, uh, well, Bob, I am also, though, with you as an anti-football person on yeah. this. But uh, that is why we needed to have a football expert on this episode. So Cat Bailey is back. Go hey, football. Uh, what's so good about football? Like, you've seen multiple football games in person you've paid for this I sure have <laughs> what's uh, going on with that well at base i think the thing that draws me in about football is the tactics of it i like the way that they draw up the plays i like the give and take between the defense and the offense i like the way that you can see the adjustments happening in real time at its absolute best it truly is just this tactical chess match uh going on and it's really fun to break it down in between but beyond that it's an incredible televised sport you can hang out with your friends you can drink you can watch what's happening on the field and then between plays you can check twitter and see what people are talking about have some more drinks oh some more stuff's happening on the field neat i can do that while watching (laughs) cartoons though you could but uh, i like watching football and i I think the thing that drew me in football was the first sport that i really actually enjoyed and what drew me into sports originally was it was a tv show where the ending was not predetermined and Mm, so i so you could have this fairy tale story and it could come crashing down on you. And that was what happened to me the first year I started watching sports with the Gary Anderson kick in the Minnesota Vikings. Hmm. And it was like fairy tale story, 15 in one season, journeyman who seems destined to come back and win win it all for the first time, superstar rookie receiver, old veteran receiver who's going to win the Super Bowl for the first time, kick miss, Vikings lose. Those narratives go unfulfilled. And, and his life's over. Like. Yeah. And so you just go, oh. So... 
I mean, that's every new season. You never know what's going to happen. That's a great thing. But I like better when those stories are told to me in a documentary like 20 years after yeah. the football game is played. I, I just think it's boring. And now I have an ethical reason to not like it. So that's good for me. But I would dabble in all the sports when I was a little kid because I was just like, I guess, you know, you're a little boys is what little boys do. I guess mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do these things. So I did them and I was bad at all of them. And I never did them. But uh, I never really even wanted to engage with football because I'm like, I don't even like sports. And this is a sport where you want to like grab at me and shove me over excuse me no (laughs) and uh, like later in life i had a friend so i thought like okay i'm out of this you know i'm out of the having to play sports period of my life or being forced to play sports feeling obligated to play sports and I was, I was friends with a new friend in high school, and he wanted to play football all the time. I'm like, oh, I, I like, filled me with such anxiety. Like, you're going to ruin my jeans. You're going to mess my shirt up. I don't want you touching me. I have space <laughs> issues. <laughs> it was a perfect storm for me to get into sports because previously before that, I did not like sports. In fact, I hated sports. And the perfect storm was I was in marching band. So I had to watch the football games. Like I was stuck on this bench watching these games, <laughs> playing the music. And that was where I learned about football for the first time. I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of fun. Everybody cheering. Okay, I get the rules now. Okay, this is fun. And then at the same time, the Vikings went 15-1 and that season. And it was easy to get super swept in, up into it. And that's when I became kind of a nut for it. And uh, what do you like more, football or football? Uh, I think I like soccer better than football. Really? Yeah. European well, football. Yeah, what the hell? The, the advantage of soccer is, first of all, uh, I like the culture. Uh, it's more fan-friendly. It's not as corporate and evil. The corporations are trying to take it over, but... I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, FIFA is a pretty big corporation. If you go so. to the German soccer league, for example, there is a rule that 51% of fans have to own the clubs. And yeah, tickets are nice. only like $10, $15 to go. Wow. They like specifically are keeping it affordable. We need to nationalize the NFL right now. But yeah. more importantly, it's two hours flat. It's done. 15-minute break <laughs> in between. Yeah. I mean, that's why sports, I really can't. They just take too, too long. It's just, yeah. uh, it's sort of like how I feel about wrestling where i respect it and it's fine if you like it but you can't expect me to know about it i'm i, I just can't do it there's there's, yeah. it's, there's uh, too much of it they I, do they I, do how take... do you do this henry how do you know about all this wrestling uh, and still play video games and watch anime well, and sleep and have just, a husband you have to make your choice you have to make your choices you know what am i doing with my life <laughs> no uh, i admit wrestling is hard to fit in i mean i i just this last weekend they had a thing that with its pre-show i'm pretty sure it was longer than what the super bowl with pre-show content is because it was it was seven hours 10 minutes long with the pre-show like how long is the typical super bowl oh my god it's gonna be like an all-day thing Uh, okay all right yeah it's gonna be the the game itself is gonna be like four hours but i mean the thing is that you're hanging out with your friends and socializing and drinking i just like watching the commercials (laughs) oh actually we're recording this before the super bowl so uh cat what's your lock of the week pick and we'll see how right you were when this goes live oh the patriots are gonna win uh, I think that's also what I hate about that is what I hate about the NFL is the fucking Patriots so I grew up in Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars like began mm. when I lived there so it was a perfect time to jump on board with the NFL but they just always fell short they've never even been in a Super Bowl they've been around for 20 20- two years now 23 they had a great year last year and then the fucking patriots ruined it but you don't actually care for a moment i cared for a moment i was like they're almost in the super bowl i'm gonna check this out oh the the patriots 
any team but the Patriots would have annoyed me more. Like that is the as like the most racist Republican team there is. I, I know nothing about football, but it seems like a conspiracy that, that the Patriots win every uh, year in America. Yeah, hmm. I'm contractually, about it. contractually obligated to like the Patriots because a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, is a huge Patriots fan, nah. and so Fine. we usually watch the games together. And I very politely root for his team, even though when I was watching them this last time against the Chiefs, I was very quietly rooting for the Chiefs because I was like, not them again. No, ah, oh, they did it. Not oh, god again. damn it. Yeah, yeah. Sports. Boo, boo. All right, well, that's that's the cat's lock of the week. We'll see. <laughs> Sports. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be totally wrong. Watch. I, so this episode, though, is about child football, which, yes. like, that did ter- that did scare me much more than Little League. Like, the did idea your of- parents try to force you to play football? No, no. They, I, yeah. My dad was super into Little League, but uh, I eventually didn't do that. My It, it came close. I was like, I'm, this isn't for me, these sports. My brother, <laughs> my brother did do soccer for a few years like ages like 8 to 12 or 14 I think but that was it yeah I was never pushed into it just my friends were doing it and I would say you know I'll try this and I learned I didn't like it and I was bad at it and I was embarrassed (laughs) uh, so I just didn't do it anymore I was a swimmer Mm. My parents signed me up for swimming. So. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, yeah. I look back on it now, and if I could make young me do organized sports and live a healthier life, I probably would choose to do that. Nah, but but nah. younger, I, I but younger Here's me. Here's the thing: then, the culture's horrible. It like, is. Like these yes. little the kids, the little kids who are playing sports and aren't good at it are little shitheads. They're terrible <laughs> too, and they're terrible to nerds. Terrible to nerds. Mm. Well, this is a nerd show, not a jock yeah. show. So. Well, that is what so I... So the thing is, I like sports, but I hate jocks. Sorry, jocks. I don't like you. I always wonder We're going to lose all of our jock listeners. <laughs> well, I always They're lifting that. weights and just throwing them down in anger right now. So whenever I have to cover Madden, for example, I always feel so out of place because they are a bunch of jocks. They, well, I the, mean, co- yeah. the people, the community is a bunch of jocks. The developer is a bunch of jocks. And it's like, hi, also me, the nerd. Well, at review events, you have to be the one girl there right? also that like, yeah yeah i uh a woman uh but yeah like the everyone there is furrowing their brows saying duh <laughs> <laughs> well because it's i i've had the closest i've had to that experience as a game reviewer was i was the wrestling guy and that was an interesting cross-section because some madden guys are also the wrestling guy at their place but then also some anime guys are the wrestling guy at their place so <laughs> it uh, it's an interesting mix of nerd and jock uh venn diagram crossing over the thing is, they're really nerds. Is they just wear backwards-facing caps and yeah. obsess about the football men rather than anime. I mean, some comedian. I, I apologize. I'm stealing this from some comedian. I can't remember their name, but they they had the very good point of just like people cosplay as football players all day. Oh they yeah, all wear the oh, I never thought of that jerseys. Like it's the same deal. And they sit there obsessing about what ifs stats. It's the same dang thing as being obsessed about video games or something like that. I mean... And what are sports call-in shows but anime forums on the radio? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Except instead of saying the writers are doing it wrong, the players are doing it wrong, the coaches are doing it wrong, fire them! (laughs) Uh, Everything in my life would be fine if this... If this coach was gone, You've got a point, Henry. Why I don't watch wrestling or sports is because anime battles are the ultimate form <laughs> of sports. But wrestling is just anime battles. But anime's better. There's beams. It's like, I mean, you're not wrong. Exactly. Oh, now I'm I'm the odd man out here. Uh, well, they even have super moves for exactly. Christ's sake. I mean, so do wrestlers. They, they don't scream their moves when they do them. <laughs> they should though. Uh, yeah, they should all be mics. <laughs> no, don't make me choose. Uh, but. <laughs> 
Uh, well, and then of course, also with football, there is the concussion issue too, which is just oh. like I feel this episode's all about ch- child football. It's the same with wrestling, which I feel like the I, I feel I'm not a parent, and I don't know many parents, but I believe I've read a number of stories that just like oh, foot the kids don't play football now; they play soccer well, or some other they lower still play impact football, thing. But they play flag football. Okay, tackle football at a young age is generally agreed to be not great. But uh, even in high school, you're destroying brains. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, flags don't care about your feelings, Henry. <laughs> but tackle football at any age younger than like 12 is kind of more or less agreed to be not a thing anymore. You want to protect the brain. And not only that, years. because Pop Warner leagues are having a harder time finding insurance. Ah. Yeah, insurance is increasingly not covering these Pop Warner leagues, so they are starting to fold. And that is probably the greatest threat to football is if the, the seeds... Mm-hmm. end up going away then you're just not going to have as much talent if you're not uh, enforcing these children into this lifestyle then yeah. possible football players will go to other sports and won't grow up to be the talent you can exploit when make broke later in their lives as concussed uh, old men i don't think football as we know it is ever going away but i do think that basketball and soccer are definitely going to over subsume it in america as we've heard it's going on the downfall these days because of the damn politics yeah. uh ruining well, it NFL, the nfl is a great uniter because liberals hate it because of the concussions and the corporate bs and conservatives hate it because of the flag crap everybody hates the nfl it's really <laughs> remarkable actually but why are the ratings still so high then <laughs> because it's kind of a drug and when it comes down to it, it's once a week. It's for a very brief time. And when it's happening on Sunday, everybody's talking about it. And you can go to the bar and you watch the games. And you're having a good time. And it's a routine for me. It's like, that's a routine for me to, that's hard to break because it's like, all right, it's Sunday. I can go have brunch and watch the games. It's going to be fun. So one of the reasons I have a thing about sports is because uh, I'm expected to know things about them. Why? And when I don't, people seem upset with me, <laughs> especially strangers. Like the worst thing that can happen to me in a bar or in a public place, mostly a bar because that's where you talk about sports, there'll be sports on the TV and a guy will be like, how about that? Blah, blah, blah. I'll be like, yeah. yeah and, I, and I hope... And I hope they will stop talking to me. But the other day, I was just like walking to the grocery store, not expecting to talk about sports with anybody. <laughs> and the guy stops me on the corner. is like, hey, did you see the score for the blah, blah, blah game? And I was like, you know what? Kind of try to get through this. And I said to the guy, oh, you know what? I must have missed it. And he like, he furrows his brow at me. I use that expression twice in this podcast. He furrows <laughs> his brow at me. And he's like, that game is happening right now. And I was like, you're talking to the wrong guy. And I walk away. It's just like... I feel like uh, like I fa- I failed as a man by not knowing the score of a ongoing uh, sports game that's happening right now. But conversely, I'm like I want to talk about sports, and then I'll be uh, like, so about the sports, they're like, uh, oh my god, a woman's talking to me about sports. Crap, what's going on? Uh, yes, the the score, and then they're like, oh oh oh, she does like sports. Oh, and we do actually <laughs> want to talk about it. Okay. And so, like, I feel like I have to break the ice every time. Yeah, yeah. And now I don't even bother. I can see that. Yeah, it kind of stinks. So I wish we could reverse places in this if, case. If that guy had asked me, like, what's your favorite One Piece arc or whatever, I'd be like, let's talk. <laughs> let's go get a beer. But no. That's so weird, though, that people just assume that you like yeah, sports. Yeah, and I'm wearing, like, a pink hoodie with, like, an anime t-shirt on under it. Like, what? Who, look at who you're asking. Uh, I would never in a million years assume that you would like sports. <laughs> Thank you. Well, but that, I mean, isn't that also similar to when you're with a taxi driver who's white and he's like, well, hey, you're racing 
racist like me, aren't you? <laughs> like, I would also never in a million years assume that anybody's racist like me. Lots of people do. <laughs> I think now I am free of that because, one, Uber drivers are usually uh, not an old white guy, so they're not going to throw racist things at you. The old white guys just talk too much in general. Yeah, I'm like, I, look, I'm not your grandkid. <laughs> Anybody who talks to me in a lift needs to shut up. <laughs> also, I'm not racist. I just want to clarify that. Yes, yeah, no, but but I don't. Uh, but now also, too, you know, my... My husband is not white, so I think that would also prevent them from having... When we're together, they're not going to give me a racist speech either. Mm. So that's helpful. You're one of those people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but all right, so that's our sp- that's our football spiel for this episode. Football. On the nerd versus jocks thing, Bob, this is that, you've, that reminded me too of like, this really lets you know Bill and Josh are gone because they would have never, ever done a football episode. No way in hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that this episode is based around the memory Memories of being a child on a sports team, which to, I would feel is anathema to the existence of Bill and John. They were protecting their eggheads. <laughs> They're it's, calculators. It's yeah. a slightly dumber separate. cousin of Lisa on Ice. That's you know, a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Which Lisa, also was Mike Scully. He wrote that yeah. one too. Yeah. Oh Lisa, my God. You're right. Because Mike Scully's a, a sports, 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 sports. I think, uh, yeah, they, Lisa on Ice is a much more punched up version of this uh, particular episode. Mm. It's more Murkany, I, I will yeah. agree. Yeah. Well, like literally punched. There's more punches in. in Lisa but you ice. also like the kids act more like kids the adults act more like adults mm. uh there isn't that kind of everybody's extremely witty all the time kind of harvard thing going on so well this also does feel more like a one of those ones like bart should be a teen for this this she shouldn't be a kid yeah i think well but... pop warner football i think for people of a certain age pop warner football is just a thing especially for a lot of men what does that it's... mean pop warner i have no idea i think it's an That's old new player name okay like, it was some classic yeah. Football it's the player. kid. It's a kid football. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, you start in Pop Warner and then you go into middle school. And is Pee Wee different than Pop Warner, or is Pop Warner or is Pee Wee stamp for Pop Warner? I think it's the same. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like Little League. That makes sense. You got the big leagues. You got Little League. Like, but mm-hmm. Pop Warner. What about Little Big League? <laughs> I like Little Big Chew. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this episode though begins with a bunch of like kid health stuff, which uh, this opening also it made me uncomfortable as a kid, as a heavy kid watching a Bart be told he's fat a bunch didn't love that didn't love that i mean it's partially inspired by uh arnold schwarzenegger's uh health kick for children back in our youth oh yeah i've got a clip of that so arnold schwarzenegger was the spokesperson for the president's council on sports fitness and nutrition in the early 90s and so you see a lot of jokes with an arnold type figure making little kids do sit-ups and push-ups and stuff like that i mean the pump you up thing was also kind of built around this too. Uh, his persona of like, I'm going to make you get fit like me, mm, okay, Mr. Olympia. Yeah. Though this extended it to hegemony over kids too. But uh, oh, you want me to play the clip? Yes, please. As a parent, I appreciate the importance of education, but also of teaching our children good fitness habits. With all that proven benefit of regular exercise, you can see why physical education is so important to their future. Our children need healthy hearts to grow into healthy adults. So let's be sure that they grow up smart and fit. And if you're still not convinced, I'll be back. He'll murder Whoa. us all. Hasta oh. <laughs> la vista, baby. I didn't think I had seen that until I heard fitness is feeling great. And I was like, oh, it activated something in me. And I started doing push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that, too. Yeah. yeah, which now I see it as an adult. I'm like, that's a lame catchphrase. That was a huge push. 
I, I remember, and it was directly right. It was, it was directly in touch with George H. W. Bush. And actually, I think fitness it was a positive thing to push on kids. Though interestingly, I was reading an article just recently that gym class is considered bad now. Really? Because they did a huge study in Texas and determined that actually, if the more they push PE, the more they actually have disciplinary and absenteeism go up. Because mm. you have the bullies bullying kids who are basically like, ah, screw this and don't come in. And then the other thing is that it's not helping fitness very much. Uh, well, that's because they outlawed dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> Making kids too soft. Well, the curriculum wasn't very good. It would just be like, uh, yeah, play kickball or whatever. I mean, I didn't love gym as a kid, uh, obviously. But, uh, I wanted to sit in the bleachers and listen to uh, my mixtapes of Weezer songs. When we did PE and we were playing baseball or something i would stand as far out into the outfield as i possibly could (laughs) so that i could stay away from the ball i did not want it coming anywhere near my head i mean gym class for a physically awkward kid too is just like you're just it's already hard enough to not be teased in other classes but when you're supposed to like jump over something and you're just like but but i'm not good at this why why are your whole body's on display yeah i think i was okay with gym until high school gym and that's when we started playing actual sports, and I was uh, not signing up for that. It's like, I've got to actually play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Middle school is when it became bad it's like, for me. I can do beanbag toe tag. I can do, like, rolling around and all that crap, <laughs> but I'm not playing actual basketball. Well, in that same article, it said kids are most likely to be teased or bullied in middle school. Mm. And in our school, middle school was when they f- started having the kids be in the locker rooms and, you know, be various states of undress, and everybody's mm. judging each other's bodies, and there's a lot more bullying. And it just seems like a very toxic and horrible situation. Mm. Bring it back to the NFL. I mean, that's one reason they... It's funny that before the flag thing, the thing that was killing the the NFL was that there was an openly gay player drafted. And... That uh, these, I always felt like these guys who were mad that there was going to be a gay guy in the locker room, it wasn't that they were like, he's going to look at my dick. It's more that they've just grown up in the most like homophobic thing in the world, which is a sports locker room. Mm. And so now they're just, the, it, it, it makes them uncomfortable that they've been playing grab ass for 80, 18 years with other men. That now, <laughs> now with a gay guy there, now it's gay. Well, it's super macho culture, mm-hmm. I think. And one of the worst things about sports is how incredible incredibly homophobic it is except in uh u.s uh u.s women's soccer when uh they won the women's world cup a couple years ago abby wambach went and kissed her her wife and it was a wonderful heartwarming moment and i was like oh that's great yeah but i i remember too when that happened right afterwards the women's soccer team was talking about how they have uh worse grass that they play on that oh no i mean it's terrible bad facilities They were actually almost on strike because they were like, this is completely unacceptable. And of course, all of the knuckle draggers were out there were like, well, nobody cares about women's sports, so therefore they shouldn't get any of the good stuff. The only sport that's not openly homophobic is ballroom dancing. (laughs) (laughs) It's part of the Olympics, people. Look it up. Uh, What about, well, we'll actually get to some rhythmic gymnastics later, too. But, well... I, I've heard it's easier in documentaries I saw it's easier to be gay in a solo sport than in a team sport for sure too like oh sure yeah like figure skating mm-hmm. or swimming there or, are gay people <laughs> figure skating oh my god or golf or tennis those those things uh, but yes let's let's get to our first clip here of uh, Homer's health watch. Well, your cholesterol level is lethally high, Homer, but I'm more concerned about your <laughs> gravy level. Now, wait a second. You doctors have been telling us to drink eight glasses of gravy a day. 
well, you're a little confused. Oh, confused, would we? <laughs> confused, would we? It's no we? longer gravy season, though. <laughs> oh, I miss it. I miss so, gravy already. Homer has had a triple bypass, and meanwhile, he has lethally high cholesterol, and apparently he's been drinking eight gla- glasses of gravy a day. <laughs> Enough gravy that it shows up in a blood test, Ugh. in his blood. I mean, when Hibbert says lethally high it's just like well then you're dead you're a dead man <laughs> why why are you even talking to him lightly here like get him to a hospital right now there's a couple of background jokes i missed until looking closely this time of me like, too the uh the lung thing that's being tested by selma smoking right there yeah and there's one where they miscolor mayor quimby so it looks like a random character but it's mayor quimby being given a blood test by a busty nurse and he's looking at her boobs and she's like looking at her watch like there's something wrong with the blood test or the blood yeah. pressure test. Yeah, which, I mean, that feels like a freaking Looney Tunes joke like, yeah. from his 40s. It it's... looks like a bunch of old Mad Magazine jokes are just yeah. in the background. No, uh, Dr. Nick doing a gender test? Yeah. yeah. Oh boy, Dr. Nick. Uh... <laughs> I do like the Am I Crazy booth with, uh, I think, Sideshow Mel and Kirk Van Houten. Yes, yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's a pretty funny one. And uh, then we get a sound scene I will not be playing to say Oh, thank you. Don't worry. It's very funny, though. It's hilarious. I like how Jasper sheepishly raises his hand and Abe just looks over and and shakes his head like, no, no. Oh, I'm glad, because this would have been the third episode in a row in which I'm here for an extremely uncomfortable sound. What was the other one besides the arm twisting? The arm twisting, and then there was also whatever it was with Lisa when she's in the military. There was some... Oh, right. When they do the testing. Oh, Oh, yeah. Right. Wow. Wow. (laughs) No, you're you're safe from it this time. the, The hearing test joke is pretty funny hey, I, because it jasper w- doing the little when when abe waves one of them off that's when it makes it even better because you know they're like oh they're pranking this woman <laughs> that's how they get their jollies no i think they're just all deafer than jasper and jasper's less deaf and he's just like he's not sure no. so abe is like you're okay. not hearing anything <laughs> no yeah they're all deaf and Jasper's like, I think I'll just be polite. And yeah. Abe is like, no, you can't hear anything. He's like, nah, I'll just put my hand in. The Simpsons will be right back. Hut, hut. Hike into this break, guys, and we thank you so much for listening to me, Bob, and our special guest, Cat Bailey, talk all about Bart Star football and uh, other sporting things. We had a really good time this week, and we thank Cat so much for coming on. We know she's really busy with her full-time job as the editor-in-chief of U.S. Gamer. You check her out as the underscore catbot on Twitter for all the stuff that she does there on her website. And if you like me and Bob doing this full-time and want to hear next week's episode a week ahead of time and ad-free, meaning you won't hear this thing that I'm saying right now, you only need to go to patreon.com slash talkingsimpsons and sign up today. For $5 a month, you'll get access to this podcast a week ahead of time and ad-free. The same for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, where me and Bob go through a different animated series each week. And you get access to all of our Patreon-exclusive podcasts like our limited series for 
Talking Critic, where we do every episode of The Critic in the Talking Simpsons style, and Talking Futurama, where we do the same for the first season of Futurama. And soon we'll be doing the same for King of the Hill on Talking of the Hill. And it's only available to patrons at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. And even better, if you go up to the premium $10 a month level, you'll also get access to our What a Cartoon Movie podcast, where me and Bob go through a different animated film each week in the same style as all of our other podcasts. We've done Mask of the Phantasm, Kiki's Delivery Service, Akira, and a Goofy movie. You can hear all of those if you sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. If you're looking for protection, maybe the best thing you can do is buy a Talking Simpsons t-shirt. If you go to shirtsickle.com or the website tiny.cc slash talking shirt, you'll see the two Talking Simpsons t-shirts that we have on sale, both designed by wonderful friend of the show and official Simpsons artist, Nina Matsumoto. There's the Ion Springfield-inspired Talking Simpsons logo in a beautiful sky blue. It's one of my favorite shirts. And our black death metal scary t-shirt that's all about our death jingle with a very reminiscent of Maggie Grim Reaper on the front. Both of those start in 1999, ship relatively internationally, and come in lots of different sizes, so you want to check it out for yourself at tiny.cc slash talking shirt or at shirtsickle.com. Check them out. We get some fun Marge mom jokes about uh, the the first aid. I'm not talking about a uh, benefit concert, and no one like reacts. Classic that. live aid humor or farm aid. Yeah, I love I I love when Marge gets to be a mom with like is he or mommy with a mummy kind of gag. I love when she's being aggressively lame. Yeah, <laughs> but everyone does laugh at serious injuries. <laughs> <laughs> now that scene feels like it ends too short. There, like just she says, sounds like you need some first aid. Yay! There should be more of like a skit or a little playlist or something like that. Uh, also, Sanjay is very prominent in that scene. <laughs> yeah. it's kind of I thought confusing. that was interesting, yeah. yeah. I think they realized, at, I think after color, they maybe realized, like, oh, we threw Sanjay right there in the frame. We better record some Sanjay here in the um, the rabble talk. Well, this was the episode after Apu meets... Um... No, no, that's actually next. Uh, next episode. Yeah, yeah. you missed Asami and Podolans okay. is next. Ah. Uh, which, uh, yeah, he's still a single man at this point, or gotcha. he's, he's not a brother-in-law yet. So I was going to be like, well, maybe that's why they have Sanjay being more uh, prominent, is because that episode's coming up, too. As all that's going on, the kids of Springfield take their own test. <laughs> Come on, you can't do one sit-up. Mm-hmm. I loved your last McBain movie, Mr. Wolfcastle. <laughs> Quit stalling, fatty. We can wait. <laughs> Come to Papa. <laughs> Come on, even my fat mama can touch her toes. <laughs> hey, Bart, we wear the same underpants. It's a lot of uh, 
tummy on Milhouse there. Yeah, he's not usually that big. Well, Bart Strong with a bigger tummy in the next scene, too. But I think like most of the men and boys in The Simpsons have like the light bulb bodies, mm-hmm. the upside down light bulb body. It's an interesting thing they can do anytime they want that they like just core to Matt Groening's design of most males is having kind of a gut. And so they can emphasize it or de emphasize it however much they want. Like Bart is a very active kid. When they wanted to have Bart be a very active kid on a skateboard, you're like, oh, that's just like baby fat or whatever. Then he's just still a growing kid. But if they want to say he's inactive and needs to take karate classes, they can make it bulge. Yeah, yeah, you bulge it out a little bit. It was interesting to see Uter and Rainier uh, interact. Uter oh, still right. alive. Yeah, he's uh, he's back again. But I I would thought they'd go with some sort of German joke between them, but they did not. Hmm. Like, they, I mean, there will be a Nazi joke in like five seconds in this episode, <laughs> but they didn't yeah. do it here. Uter, who also appeared in Lisa Nice. Yeah, yeah. boy, he's uh, the something look, about look at him that little sports. fat kid run. <laughs> he's got bosoms. <laughs> he's got bosoms don't make me run I'm full, full of chocolate, of chocolate. Uh, you're just uh, making me think now you're making me now I want to go watch Lisa Nice uh-huh. uh, let's cancel this up let's go watch Lisa Nice uh, but yes Kent Brockman is here to fat shame children <laughs> results from yesterday's health fair are in and the news is not good hmm. Springfield is in terrible shape particularly our young boys <laughs> hey, Tubby. Want another Pop-Tart, Tubby? I'm comfortable with who I am. You're a disgrace to this family. In this reporter's opinion, it's time for our lard-laden lads to shape up. Get out and try fun activities like military service, frenetic dancing, or good old-fashioned peewee football. Here you go, Bart. Peewee football will melt away those unsightly pounds and inches. Yeah, but I could get seriously hurt. Then it's settled. <laughs> we don't have to play football, do we, Daddy? Oh, you betcha. Team sports will keep you away from temptations like rock music and girls. Yay! <laughs> you know, Millhouse, you are getting a little doughy. Aww, can't I just have the surgery? <laughs> I use that phrase, I'm comfortable with who I am a lot, and I criticize. <laughs> but your mouth isn't full of Pop-Tarts when it's you not, say that. It's not, no. Though. I've given up Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Pop tarts are bad. They're they're not good for you. They, I don't remember the last time I had a pop tart. I mean, sometimes in my darker overeating moments, I've had them. Just uh, I think uh, not at the last place me and Bob worked, but I think at another place I worked, they did have free pop tarts there. Mm. So I, and part of that is just like, well, I want to cash in my free shit. I, I'm not getting paid well here, so you don't get stock options to get pop tarts. Yeah. Uh, at our old place, though, uh, my snack of choice was those peanut butter filled pretzel bites. Ooh, those are good. Had a lot of those. Yeah, that place sucked but boy they had a quite a, a snack container lots of string cheese <laughs> they had string cheese and the wheels of cheese Ooh. like you had it all eating pop tarts out of the box is like the cocaine of overeating yeah. like it's not the lowest yet you're not just eating like marshmallow fluff out of a jar but you're in a bad place pop tarts are on the pizza roll tier uh, well, it, I don't like that there are two in the little sleeve they give you. It's just like, you're setting me up to fail here. <laughs> well, and I, I've seen, uh, you know, when you see people make unhealthy foods on the internet, I, I have seen using Pop-Tarts as a sandwich, which was a joke in the previous, in the King Size Homer episode. Oh, right, too. right. Also, if you don't want to warm up Pop-Tarts, then they really are just like sugary cardboard. Like, if you can't, if you, you don't even put them in the toaster. At this point as a kid, I looked down on Pop-Tarts. I was a strudel boy. Strudels were me. the upgrade. First class all the way. You get that <laughs> nice little tube of slime you drip all over it. <laughs> After you have your like gooey 
chewy. Uh, yeah, mm, yeah. Boy. I could, now I'm I'm hungry for some strudel, man. And if you want to solve the childhood obesity epidemic, don't send them to military camp. Stop subsidizing high uh, corn <laughs> or Not, high fructose corn syrup for soda. Good, that was some good corn. <laughs> well, yeah, what? Well, yeah, what? That was some good corn. When society wants to talk about how obese. American kids are, which you know, we are pretty fat. We're a fat country, and I, yes. I say this as the uh, as a heavy man. Uh, but so is Australia and England. But they don't. Well, I mean, and all of them are like king food and like processed food everywhere. Super. And it's just you can't not buy fast food, and it's it's part of the society. But you can't. Nobody wants to blame the fast food companies or the well, business side. You're of it. you're raised to eat that stuff in a mm-hmm. lot of cases. And it's the lower income you are, the easier it is to end up with that because it's cheap, right? I mean, Mountain cheapest Dew. source of calories, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have you know rich people saying like, why can't you just go to Whole Foods and make your own like healthy dinner every night? Like, well, there's who has the time? Well, they're getting shamed for using food stamps on this stuff, and it's like, well, yeah. I mean, it's cheap. <laughs> I yeah. mean, come on. How about I? I get need as to pay. I need to feed possible. the maximum number of people possible and i'm giving them crap unfortunately and they're ending up fat and it sucks yeah. the nazi joke was when he said military service it's it's goose stepping it really nazi. was goose stepping yeah <laughs> just to make it funnier when you see the interpretive dancing uh you know you bring up lisa on ice and it is very true that homer in this is about as bad as he is in lisa on ice yes mm, he's I agree. slightly worse than lisa on ice actually but well in in that one he's just bad sports dad they're taking a look at the over-competitive parents. Mm. In this one, he's just an idiot. <laughs> he's too supportive, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was glad when I realized I was bad at sports. I believe my parents probably did, too. And they were like, let's not do this anymore. Also, no parent wants to sit through your sports games. Oh, no. Dear Lord, how no. boring is that? I hated as a kid when I had to go to my brother's soccer games. I was like, can you just leave me at home? This is where the TV is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where the TV is. <laughs> a podcaster I listen to has two kids in organized sports, and he's driving like multiple hours a day <sighs> to watch his daughter play in her soccer tournaments and giving up his entire weekend. And I'm like, no, that doesn't sound great, actually. Mm-hmm. But if you, and if you don't, if you go there, but you're not watching, then you're a bad parent. I commend all of our listeners who have kids and are doing this because it sounds like a nightmare for me, <laughs> as someone who needs to be distracted at all times. <laughs> but Homer is extra awful here too because he's like he's he- the heaviest person in the family, but he's fat shaming Bart and eating all of his pop tarts while he's telling him he's a disgrace. Like there's multiple Homer. I mean. The one of the meanest Homer moments ever is in this episode, too. Mm. He's pretty bad to Bart just here, even before football season begins. Also, that Flanders, the Flanders kids are so happy to be kept away from rock music and girls. That's <laughs> which I, hey, I stayed away from girls and I didn't need football. It's <laughs> uh, your secret. <laughs> so then they go to uh, the Sporticus store, which I do. It's a, it's a clever name. Sure. Yeah. I feel like Mike Scully and his team loved making Marge say things she normally wouldn't say. <laughs> yeah. And it happens twice in this episode. <laughs> I, and in the Halloween episode, too. Yeah, I do kind of like them pushing that on her yeah. here. But, I mean, this also, though, is a very schoolyard scene here. It feels like it should be Bart tricking him into saying that, not the guy doing it of his own free will. And the guy's not drawn to be Bronson voice man, yeah. even though he's Bronson voice. He's going to need a, you know, protection. Sure, one helmet coming up. I was thinking more like protection for down there. Oh, why didn't you say so? Knee pads, you got it. (laughs) I'm talking about his personal area. Aha, see no more. I read you loud and clear. The old shoulder pads. 
Look, <laughs> I want a cup. Cup? Could you spell that? C-U-P. I want to see you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very just base-level joke, but it works because of Marge's reaction to it. Yeah, that she doesn't see it coming. Like, she's as innocent as a nine-year-old when you're caught in that joke. It takes me back to one of my least favorite moments in the Clerks animated series, because in that show, Kevin Smith was very insistent on getting an I-cup joke in there, uh, where they prank call somebody, and they have to say, and they prank call the president, and he says, I-C-U-P. It's uh, like Kevin Smith was like, no, I have to get this on TV, and every other professional writer in the room was like this is stupid it's not funny <laughs> did he think he invented it or something no but he just giggled that he'd get it on television uh, i think i think i i believe that was his drive for it and the joke was on him because it never aired on abc that episode <laughs> the guy's like smirky reaction to it is it, it makes a joke good too like oh yeah i just don't know why they didn't draw him as bronson voice do you think they did the scene before without Bronson voice and they re-voiced it? Maybe. Or maybe they just like that voice so much it doesn't matter who has it, mm, you know? Yeah. Like, I can work at a lot of places. It could also be a different person. <laughs> I look at that sports equipment store and I can almost smell the locker room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I played, I believe, baseball for the first time, I was all, I was also amused at being able to punch myself in the crotch and be like, yeah, I'm impervious <laughs> to danger. Uh, you know, jockstraps had dual interest for me as a kid. Ah, I see. <laughs> oh, really? Well, we're not going to talk about that. Anyway. I find jockstraps disgusting. <laughs> But what they contain is cool. I guess. And you get to and you get to show your butt. Like, I mean, come on. You see you get to see a butt and then you present the genitals in an interesting way. That's fun for in me. In a cup. In a cup. Present the genitals. <laughs> I want to make a gift though of Millhouse kicking Bart in an endless loop. Oh man. That's great. It goes on for a long time without the loop. <laughs> yeah. Without the assisted loop. It's uh and then their their reaction to Marge telling them to stop is a great kid reaction too. I like that. I I mean Mike Scully, he brings, I'll probably say this every episode of his se- seasons, but he really does bring an understanding of parenting and children to it that really isn't uh, a perspective that isn't really there from childless Simpsons writers before him. And he has like, what, five daughters? Five he daughters. He was like an older father running the show. Like, I believe <laughs> Al Jean was like a newer father when he was doing his seasons. And sports fan. Yeah. Yeah, and a sports fan. And yeah, well, and also Donick Carey wrote this, and he's also like, he could remember playing sports as a kid, which, again, that's just not the hard. <laughs> Most Harvard guys probably didn't play sports as a I kid. I think Mike Scully actually played football, too. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Yeah. In, uh, in West Springfield, so he was a real jock because he played hockey, too. And hockey, yeah. yeah. Oof, God. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, football and hockey? Where's your time for wrestling? That's why fans hate him. <laughs> uh, the kids get on the team and we get to see uh, good old Ned is uh, is the most wonderful coach you ever done seen. Okay, Nelson's our quarterback. Thanks, Four Eyes. Ralph, you'll be on special teams. I'm special. And uh, Bart, you'll be a tackle. Cool. <laughs> Careful, Bart! You break my calculator, huh. by which I mean my head. What position have you got for me? Huh? That's right. A girl wants to play football. How about that? Well, that's super duper, Lisa. In fact, we already have four girls on the team. <laughs> you do? Uh huh. But we'd love to have you on board. Well, football's not really my thing. After all. What civilized person would play a game with the skin of an innocent pig? Well, actually, Lisa, these balls are synthetic. And for every ball we buy, a dollar goes to Amnesty International. 
<laughs> I've got to go. It's a bit uh, cruel to Lisa's character to make her so insincere, but yeah. it's also very funny in that it's a fake out where you think that's the direction the episode is going, where it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be about Lisa trying to get on the team, and that's going to be the plot of the episode, but it's immediately dismissed. <laughs> on the commentary, they joke that Lisa runs off crying because she's mad she's not the star of the episode <laughs> because of that rejection of the plot. Oh, I like that. I like that interpretation, too. <laughs> it's a very funny scene, uh, also, that they include like, oh, they're so open-minded, they have four women on the very team progressive already. them to put four girls on the football team <laughs> i remember i had a friend of mine who was a transgender male actually and really wanted to play football and they would not let him hmm. oh, they just uh... straight up would not let him the only time i've seen an instance in which a girl was allowed to really play football she was a kicker and uh, please do not look up what happened to her because oh, no. the stories yeah. are really terrible. All right, that's good. I mean, darkness. I we had hazing in your last episode, so yeah. Uh, I know, I know a few. I feel like I've read a few recent-ish stories about like female high school football players, like one that took her girlfriend to the prom or whatever, too. It sounded really cute. I think it's still i mean there's still anger about like girls doing amateur wrestling too in high school even if they can like qualify for the team and everything but there's an extremely like negative attitude toward women athletes in general Mm -hmm. and like in america very condescending (laughs) unfortunately yeah this scene though i don't know how much you guys interact with alt-right memes on the internet Oh, but this yeah. scene is actually a big one of the Pepe's. Like I see, I saw it a few. I hate even going I into those see. spaces. So Lisa is virtue signaling. Yep. Am I right? And when she tries to be upset about something and then is told she's actually wrong and reality is different, then she runs away crying because she can't have her SJW way. So uh, Ned owned that lib. That is exactly what this scene is used for. Uh, so it was much more innocent in 1997. I definitely don't feel like that. It's meant to. I mean they they like they like hurting Lisa in this show and show making her like idealism be hurt She's a by shrill, reality. Real annoying idealist vegetarian. <sighs> And yes, uh, yeah. it was the, very much the end of history period in which it's like, well, I don't care about things. We fixed everything. It's we fine. We fixed gender. Yeah. We fixed race and gender. And sports. It's all good. <laughs> well, and with the alt-right that used this scene, I think a major part they misunderstand is that the reason is that she leaves crying is because her dreams have come true and this diverse, open-minded football team exists, which... That's not the case if you're talking about, say, the video games industry or comic books or real football. This is a fictional situation (laughs) where that doesn't exist. So I just it made me sad that I'd seen this scene memed a few times to be to be mad at women on the Internet. It's too bad. I've never seen this. Well, you count yourself lucky then. Yeah, it's it's what brought me down when he finally got to this scene. I was like, I, I just like I like Lisa's reaction. I take her tears not as I take her tears just a little bit, not as jealousy, but as like, oh, I got everything I wanted. Yeah, like, nah, yeah they're teasing good. her. It, it's they're saying tease. Lisa is an annoying shrew yeah. who is always trying some to find something to be mad about, and, and she, she wasn't able to find something mad to be mad about, so she's upset. And she doesn't even care about football, just like girls who want to make video games don't really care about video <laughs> games. And they don't even like video games. Yeah. Yes, which is all bullshit, just in case you're new to this show. I don't agree with that feeling <laughs> We don't at really all. believe that. We're in the uh, games industry. It's hi, fine. welcome to Talking Simpsons. <laughs> that, speaking of uh, controversial jokes, that I'm special. Like, 
they knew they knew what they were doing. They're, I think this was fun. Yeah. With Ralph. I think this was still a funny joke in 1997. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, they're leaning into the whole like quote unquote short bus era of Ralph jokes. Yes. Uh, at this point in time, we're firmly in short bus Ralph yeah. land. Uh, well, I mean, Have though been that for at least two seasons at he, this point, Bill and Josh engaged in it for sure as well. Like there's, and you only move twice. That room of uh, special kids yeah. was all supposed to sound and look like Ralph. Too. They were very careful though about why all those kids were special. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. that scene where they're the PTA disbands and they're sitting with the everybody all the kids are coughing and, and Ralph is just sitting there staring oh, yeah. straight ahead <laughs> and that was like what season six that's season yeah. six yeah, yeah. now fr- I also I bent my Wookiee and cat breath smells like cat food. but I think at this point and there was now, that episode where he's like I dress myself I think I mean, they're now definitely coding him as intellectually disabled yes very oh, for much sure, so yeah. uh, meanwhile I was definitely the Martin I Martin shouldn't even be on that team he's like yeah. Watch out for my calculator, by which I mean my head. So it's Martin on the team to see people in jock straps, to see little mm. boys in jock straps. Oh. Look, he's not pre they're they're all pre-sexual on this team. Well, except for Nelson, I think. Could be he curious. wants to see them present their genitals. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nelson definitely is the kid on the team who has just physically matured faster and is basically a man playing with children who can just smash all of them. That uh, even though their ages also, I feel like Nelson is always supposed to be read as two years older than everybody in his grade. I think so and there's there's a wildcats versus wildcats joke is that a rough riders joke no it's more of a every seemingly every high school team is named the friggin wildcats yeah so i mean it seems like there's a wildcat team in every league there are multiple college wildcat teams it's just a very popular name i just knew that in uh, canadian football there are two rough rider teams uh, and they could they could potentially uh play against each other the wildcats is the most generic name that you can possibly come up with I, it fits for any town you don't mm-hmm. have to have like an animal that wouldn't be in your town or you don't have to like have a, a confederate soldier perhaps yeah. this is one of two lines that i remembered from the original airing of this episode uh, and I, it was one of the ones that i often quote <laughs> do you have a Ned's pep talk? I do. Okay. Who were we? The Wildcats! Who were we gonna beat? The Wildcats! Hey, Flanders, you're the worst coach this team has ever had. He's the only coach this team has ever had, and the season hasn't even started yet. <laughs> yeah, well, he's wearing that hat like an idiot. You know, Homer, it's very easy to criticize. Fun, too. All right, Wildcats, are you ready to give 110%, take it one game at a time, and go the whole nine yards? Yeah! Nine yards! Oakley-dokley, let's put on our game faces. I just realized that nine yards is kind of funny. Yeah, I didn't get that joke at the t- like until now, actually, that the kids are taking it literally. Like, yeah, we'll do nine yards. And we'll run nine, nine yards. Only nine yards, not ten. <laughs> and I looked that up because I was like, what does that even mean, the whole nine yards? Is that a football expression? Apparently, no one knows the origin or the meaning. At some point, it was the whole six yards. It's one of those expressions where it's like the whole enchilada, the whole magilla. It's like mm. trying to say we're going to do the entire thing. But no one really knows why it's nine yards or why it was six yards. There's no definition. Interesting. There's no wow. origin. I looked this up. There's a lot of history about well, this saying back online. in 1982, <laughs> the football was only nine yards instead of ten. The Kaiser stole a yard from the football uh, <laughs> game. Uh, I mean, I only associated with Matthew Perry films, but... Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe it never even had anything to do with football at the start. Maybe it was about, it like, did. yards of cloth or something. Like, I want to buy all the suits. Give me the whole nine yards. It could have been something like that, yeah. But it's, it's one of those many expressions of the same type. But if 
if you watch a lot of sports, you hear cliches like, yeah, 110%. To the point where I think it's a bit of a dead horse. But Your your job as a color commentator is to say all of the cliches. Well, no, the athletes say that. Oh, right. So how did you feel about this game? Well, we gave 110%. What? (laughs) Full nine yards. I can't breathe. (laughs) I'm really tired. I got to go to the locker room. There's a great uh, joke about that on King of the Hill's first episode, and you can listen to all of Talking of the Hill yeah. soon on Talking ah. Simpsons Patreon, patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Another great spin on that joke for uh, was I uh, the film Be Dazzled, the 90s yes. remake, is very underrated. I was going to say that yeah. that was what I was thinking about every time I hear 110%. Uh, in his dream, in his wish to be a successful athlete, he uh, has, he's just a very stupid, giant basketball player yeah. who says like, no, gave 110%. Everybody did a great job. 110% did it. Uh, but then uh, the joke is that his cursed wish is that he has a micro penis. So. <laughs> There's actually an episode of Duckman where Duckman runs a baseball team. <laughs> and someone is asking him, actually, somebody is interviewing him after the game. He's like, We're here to win. We're going to give 110%, go the whole nine yards. He does every sports cliche. And then they zoom out and he's reading a book of sports cliches <laughs> during the interview, like 101 sports cliches. So everyone has made jokes about 110%, but they're still funny. And, uh, in the crowd, Bumblebee Man is there for some reason. He, he likes he likes peewee football. Perhaps sure. he has a child with this new wife. <laughs> and, but he's in full costume as always, too. Yeah, but, well, why wouldn't he be? Football is extremely popular in Mexico. And uh, I definitely agree. Wait, American-style football? Oh, yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah, the Raiders are one of the most popular teams in Mexico City. I did not know this. Uh, the only football I will engage in is the anime Ice Shield. <laughs> there you go. Twenty one. Uh, you know the sports anime is great. They keep te- teasing that the Jaguars are going to move to London because you know the, they're not. Uh, uh, British rich guy bought them though. Yeah, you can't make the logistics of moving a team to London work. <laughs> Making the time them fly zones are, all the time. The like time that. zones just would not work. <laughs> oh, for broadcasting. Yeah. Are they going to well, dump hot tea on the coach when they yeah. win? It's hard <laughs> enough flying a team from the east coast to the west coast and dealing with jet lag there. So flying them from the London to the West Coast, yeah, that ain't going to happen. Did you know the Jaguar family just started a pro wrestling league? No idea. They did. They want to have a challenger to the WWF, so the Khan family is pouring all the money into it. They have billions, so $100 million to your wrestling league? Who cares? I, let's go for it. <laughs> Why not? And they did their announcement. It made me so sad as a super wrestling fan who hated living in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> Where did they announce their league and have the big event? Right in Jacksonville, Florida at the fucking stadium. That's not surprising. Time I mean, to he does own here. that stadium. Yeah, he does. Yeah. You said it before, Bob. But I definitely, we all agree that uh, it's fun and easy to criticize. Like mm. it's, uh, which is, is our entire careers. Yeah, we're making a good, uh, good buck off of that. <laughs> <laughs> so Homer should say, yeah, also. So not only is it fun, but also uh, monetizable. <laughs> uh, and then we get a quick, very underrated Uter joke of him running barefoot but kicking with the shoed foot. That was a thing in the seventies, barefoot kickers, but that's not really a thing these days, cats. Barefoot I, kickers. I looked this up. There was a trend of barefoot kickers. Uh, they weren't that common, but some people thought that the shoes you would wear would impact the length of the kick you could do. Oh, interesting. And I guess in the late 90s, special kicking shoes were developed for kickers. They're very expensive, but they're available. So Mm. they do not affect the uh, velocity or the impact or something involved with kicking. But for a time, randomly, there'd just be a few barefoot kickers in the NFL. Oh, my God. Yeah. That sounds extremely painful. It sounds awful. Also, weather was a big problem for those guys. (laughs) I I can just imagine my foot falling off while trying to kick in shattering. Yeah. Kickers get some hate in the NFL world. Well, they're not real they? athletes. No, uh, yeah. well, Actually, I had a, a kicker on my 
previous RPG podcast, Role Players Realm, because uh, the Minnesota Vikings had a oh yeah, Chris Cluey, yeah. famous nerd, mm-hmm. wrote an expose actually for Deadspin, uh, calling out their special teams coach as a homophobe, oh, which yeah. is interesting. But yeah, he came on my podcast and we talked about World of Warcraft. The only Vikings player I know is the one that was on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember whoever that was. Name, yeah. But I, the the thing I remember most was him saying, "I I could play video games. My dad would have me do a hundred drop kicks and." then i could go play nes wow yeah that's a, that's a, that's one way to do it so that's how and apparently he was being treated uh, trained to be a kicker from an early days so <laughs> wow to be that specialized you yeah. would always figure like a dad would want him to be a a quarterback and then you just uh, pull back those dreams from no him. no apparently it was like i'm gonna be a kicker it's my dream the kids play their games. Nelson, you see, is the ultimate player. He's an amazing quarterback who basically can just pass to himself, as we'll see later. But he's and his own blocker too. Just he can do anything. He is what a pro athlete, a future pro athlete, is essentially on a pee wee football team, where they're so overwhelmingly good and so big and so strong that the kids are just hanging off them and they're scoring multiple touchdowns by themselves. Yeah, I like him using Bart as a human shield and yeah. going out of his way to <laughs> knock out one last player that's not even in his way. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, he, he, and that he spikes Bart, too, <laughs> along with the ball. I've never played football for obvious reasons, but I've read stories about being on the field, I guess, and the stories always talk about how you look up and you see a kid like Nelson running towards you, and it's like getting hit by a freight train. Yeah, <laughs> and they love that Ralph, I'm special line so much they use it twice. <laughs> they just say, and somehow he has a broken leg, too. There's got to be a yeah. cutscene or something. I, I uh, feel like there must yeah. be. <laughs> maybe they broke his leg and went, uh, maybe that's too violent. <laughs> Nelson does uh, what uh, racist NFL fans call hip-hop style dancing. <laughs> He's uh, such celebrations were banned for a time, but now they're back. You can do them again? You can yeah. do urban celebrations in the end zone? They did a Duck, Duck, Gray Duck uh, famously for the Vikings. It was great. And that was one of the reasons they called the NFL the No Fun League, right? Yeah. You also get to do those dances in uh, Madden as well? Yes. That- the, just recently, uh, a player paid homage to a famous uh, celebration. because One of the most famous celebrations was, was a player ran to the goalpost, dug out a cell phone, pretended to call somebody wow and a player just this last year for the same team ran and found an old style flip phone <laughs> same phone and everything and did the celebration it i want players great. doing one act plays in the end zone <laughs> has anyone done Fortnite dances yet in the end zone yes the floss dance and everything oh yeah they've totally I'm done sure. Fortnite. Okay, yeah Fortnite dances are everywhere in sports now uh but now it's henry's time to shine uh, <laughs> oh man well just briefly because Bart says it's clobbering time, which uh, that is, of course, a reference to Swamp the, Thing. The, <laughs> <laughs> oh, different thing. No, the Marvel Comics character, The Thing. That's his catchphrase, which also was the catchphrase of CM Punk, the pro wrestler who. Mm. With is, permission, I bet. Uh, well, actually, no. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, oh, so they ripped off the Hulk and it's clobbering time. Yeah, they, they pay for the Hulk, but they yeah. don't pay. Uh, Hulk Hogan pays for the Hulk. You don't yeah. own clobbering, sir. Well, that was. Uh, it, it hit me that that was the case as uh, when I would go to video game events for the WWE games and I would go to CM Punk first because he's one was one of my favorites and he'd do his entrance motion and when you should hear him scream it's clobbering time 
it is silent because mm. they don't want to be sued by Marvel and they also don't want to pay Marvel for it. So he, you, you just, you got to say it for him in your living room if you want to. Uh, but apparently Simpsons can get away with it. They're not, a, they're not afraid like two parody. Was. It's parody. <laughs> and uh, yes, the, they win the big game pretty easily there. Though there is there there is a little bit of a animation error there too. I don't know if you guys caught it. When they go into the huddle, you see it's twenty seven. Then Nelson gets the winning play with Bart, though they didn't need it to win. But then the and the guy even calls it a touchdown. So that should have added six points to it. But when the get when the buzzer goes, not buzzer, whatever. When the game's over, it's still the, the twenty. Football siren. <laughs> it's still <laughs> twenty to seven instead of twenty six. Oh, okay, Gasp. wow. So they really fucked up. Was so Carl was doing the scoreboards? Moment. He does the scoreboard last okay. in the episode. Weird. I don't think in all of them. Yeah, it's it's very random. I like Bart being a lead blocker, but with Nelson just being like boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom. Well, when you're a child who has to be a blocker, it is just like. Yeah. I love the idea of Bart being an offensive tackle because he's tiny. He's put, <laughs> oh, yeah. They're putting him on the offensive line. He's like this little kid. Maybe I mean, Ned is think, a bad coach. <laughs> you would think Nelson would be a running back or on the offensive line, but I guess it's just that he's so big that he can do literally everything. Yeah. He's every player. He's literally untackleable. <laughs> he should be playing defense as well. He can throw a ball hard enough to injure Ned. Like, yeah, he should just... He, it's, he, it's hard to imagine where... I would imagine Bart being a receiver, actually. Yeah. But he's not tall enough. Like, frankly, he shouldn't be playing football, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, neither should Milhouse with no, his glasses no. on. Like, uh, uh, But yes, the, the game is won, and then we get to see Homer's not too happy about it. <laughs> big deal. I've been carried out of Moe's like that hundreds of times. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, Flanders can't coach at all. Now, I'm not the type to have a grudge for no reason. Sir, if I could just break in for a moment. Yes, Roy. (laughs) Do you have a question for Sandy Koufax? Yes. Mr. Koufax, don't you think Flanders is a big jerk? (laughs) Yellow? Yellow? Yeah, Homer again. I think we got cut off. (laughs) Yellow? I haven't seen this one in a while, and I only realized just now that Roy Firestone is a real human being. He's real. <laughs> so I didn't know much about Roy Firestone because he I'm surprised. was he was popular before I became a sports fan uh, on ESPN. He quit ESPN, I think, in the mid to late nineties. Okay. Uh, he had a couple of embarrassing moments. He did an OJ interview where he was like, they're painting you as a domestic abuser. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you know, I think I remember seeing that in the uh, the mega OJ documentary. The OJ Made so in good. America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there was also a bit where he interviewed Bob Bobby Knight, the Indiana basketball coach, mm. after he choked a player, and he was <laughs> obviously extremely nervous, and he dropped his stuff, and oh. later they did an interview with him. He's like, look, I don't want to ask aggressive questions. I want to be like Oprah. I don't want to <laughs> ambush people. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're a fluff reporter. He's yeah. like, I don't really see myself as a journalist. I see myself as a communicator. Oh, good. <laughs> but a uh, lot of uh, Google was like, whatever happened to Roy Firestone? Because he kind of fell off the face of the earth after ESPN. According to Wikipedia, he currently has a show on AOL. Which what? I don't, think, I don't know how that's a that's show. That's very appropriate given, you know, he was a thing in the 90s. Yeah. I guess uh, AOL exists. Uh, well, Roy Firestone, his, uh, his resume of guest appearances is also very 90s. 
Uh, mid to late 90s, though. Married with Children, Jerry Maguire, Everybody Loves Raymond, and, of course, this. I thought there'd be a home improvement in there somewhere. Apparently not. Weird. Apparently not. We're saying Marv Albert was the original guest star or something? That, that or yes. proposed guest star? Yes. Uh, Roy Firestone was definitely a replacement, and uh, apparently they did drop Marv Albert because at the time he was going through his troubles which involves something with a sex scandal and uh, I think sex biting. workers and biting them and yeah. wearing women's underwear. It's like, hey, look, man, whatever Marv Albert does to get off in his, his private room, with the, as long as it's consensual, Consensual biting is fine. Yeah. but That's our official stance. <laughs> but obviously when that, when it... Uh, Maybe foot, maybe basketball fans don't want to hear Marv hear that or think about Marv Albert doing those <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah, or think of Marv Albert and women's underwear. Yes, yeah, that's I. Yeah, I'm not liking Too that late, visual right it. now. Yeah, no, not 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 into that. Uh, hey, if it's your thing, it's your bag, baby. Then uh, uh, full steam ahead. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they. They do one. They couldn't on the commentary. They couldn't resist one little joke about it, where they said they had biting commentary uh, for him. <laughs> and Sandy Koufax did not do his own voice or any voice in this episode, but he's still alive at eighty-three. <laughs> I, I found really? that incredible. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so Sandy Koufax, obviously one of the greatest pitchers ever, uh, started. Well, obviously, uh, <laughs> the 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 facts that I know him best for is that he refused to start Game One of the nineteen sixty five World Series because it was Yom Kippur. Oh, Jewish. sweet! Ah, uh, yes. And yeah. the nineteen sixty five World Series was against my team, the Minnesota Twins, uh, and the Dodgers beat him anyway. <laughs> and Koufax beat them in Game Seven. So. Oh man, Homer's not even calling in during a, uh, a during a football segment. So sports talk radio. Uh, mm. I have been known a time or two to call into sports talk radio. Oh my. <laughs> Uh, but this was mostly in the late 90s when I still listened to sports talk radio. I do not listen to sports talk radio anymore. I listen to a major innovation. It's called podcasts. Ooh, <laughs> tell I, me more. Yeah, I, I listen to my favorite sport personalities talking about sports on podcasts now. Talk radio now is kind of the knuckle-dragging version of like, <laughs> let, let's give every single hot take I possibly can about the sports. Mm. And then the dumbest people, like Homer, actually call in and be like, well, I, I just think that we should fire this extreme extremely successful coach i mean we lost this one game they shouldn't be on the team anymore i'm extremely mad the <laughs> plot twist in this game did not work for me <laughs> when i think of sports talk radio i think back to i never sought it out didn't want to listen to it but there was a comic book shop i would frequent that they would be playing sports talk radio specifically this one baseball one and i just remember being in there and uh jay moore i believe was the guest host wow. of it at that time <laughs> and they were uh, talking about how a they were annoyed that a Japanese player was given like rookie of the year because he you know just came from years in Japan but was a rookie to the MLB and you can imagine what kind of voices they put on for oh, this Japanese God. player. Well, what Japanese people know about baseball? <laughs> yeah, uh, but so yeah, that that definitely turned me off to it. The, the closest thing I have to sports talk that I have actually stopped listening to uh, is this pro wrestling podcast that does have call-ins for it and is started as a radio show and is now he's just you download the radio show. Actually, one of my good friends from Minnesota is a sports talk radio person. Whoa. Yeah, a fairly well-known one as well. He's also friends with various Game Informer people because yeah. he's a gamer. Oh, and wow. so he discovered my work and discovered that I was a Minnesota sports fan, so followed me and started retweeting a lot of my stuff. So. Oh, that's cool. Well. Yeah. So And he was like, yeah, if you're ever in Minnesota, come on the show. And I was <laughs> like, I, I think I will, but I haven't been on the show, sadly. 
Well, the, the interesting thing with the sports calling guys on that wrestling podcast I would sometimes listen to is that, like, the callers, half of them have an antagonistic relationship with the guy where they're just like, uh, you again, come on. Oh, let me guess. You didn't like this person. That's right, Brian. I didn't like that guy. <laughs> I don't know why Vince McMahon still does these stories. <laughs> God. And it's just, you get to know them because you can't like band them, I guess. Well, if you're calling in, you're calling in because you want to vent. Yes. They're calling from their cars, waiting for their family court appointment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have seen the Pat Oswald film, Big Fan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good. About these types of guys. I didn't like it, but let's not get started on okay. that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so then they uh, they go to play the football game, and uh, the we get to see one of the meanest things Homer's ever done in the show, I think. Game's out there! <laughs> Made you look. Mm, they're just words, Nettie. Words can't hurt you. Ow! <laughs> That's it! Dad, that was really mean. I know, sweetie. And I got him right in the... Uh-oh. Hi, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Flanders. Go well, cat. Do you have a problem with the way I'm coaching? No, 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 no. It's just that, well... Like I was yelling earlier, it seems like anyone with half a brain could coach better than you. Uh-huh. Half a brain, huh? Well, you know what? It sounds like you just volunteered. <laughs> Me? But you were doing such a great job. It feels like a mini-sequel to Hurricane Nettie, where That's Ned is letting say. people yeah. know when he's mad. It's like, if you tick me off, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> I'm going to r- run you down with my car. He never goes that far. but uh, also Homer that, should be watching his back. <laughs> I think so. That Daryl, I mean, that uh, Flanders chant, is that like the Daryl chant from uh, Homer at the Bat? It is. Like yeah, callback that, or something? As a kid, I definitely thought that in yeah. that moment. The, the I mean, so Scully was very much into Homer being too mean to Flanders as... In our Mike Scully interview, you can hear him talk about how he uh, he was a believer that, uh, to paraphrase him, that Homer felt like Ned could is the man he could never be, and so that kind of makes him extra jealous of him. And so I think that's definitely what's being played up here. He hates Ned because he wants to do Ned's job, or he knows he could do it better. And so, uh, but I mean, throwing a full beer can at him that hits him in the yeah. neck. And when Lisa says that was really mean, I know, and I hit him right in the like he doesn't he doesn't care that it was really mean. He likes that, that it was really mean. Far. Reminds me of uh, Homer and the the hat episode where he wants to be the town crier during the Jebediah mm. Springfield thing. Where he's like, oh no, Ned Ned has the hat and it belongs to him, and also he's town. No, Homer's like, absolutely not. I'm going to be the town crier, and I'm better <laughs> at it than him. That was older Ned when he was happy to be just you know abused, but yeah. he didn't mind as much. Scully's Ned has a shorter fuse for sure. Like he he yells at Homer more often. Need more of that University of Minnesota spankological protocol. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also the anger of Ned too is like that came out in Treehouse of Horror Eight we just did. Where yeah. he's, uh, though his anger is about that uh, he wouldn't uh, that his wife would not commit acts of carnality. That'll be the day. 
Uh, and it's a very late act one break in this one. It's actually pacing in this is interesting to me because I feel like there's two act breaks in act. There's two possible act breaks in act one and two possible act breaks in act two. When Bart joins the team, that could be the end of the act. Yeah, it's a very it's like 10 minutes long in the first act. And when Bart is told by the rest of the team he's going to kill the kill him, that could also be the end of the act instead of waiting for him to quit the team. It's just it's kind of it, it's interesting pacing wise in this. Yeah, I never. Well, pretty much everything the entire arc happens in act three it really does and i i don't like adr jokes normally unless they're convincing enough to work but i really hate when an act break goes out on an adr joke and this is definitely one of those so adr of course is when they just rework the mouth movements or record a different line that doesn't quite fit the mouth movement so there was another line there that was meant to be the act break line but we don't know what it was but i, I don't mm-hmm. like how it goes out it just looks awkward too that one and you're going to heaven are both kind of like yeah eh, they're kind of just I can- like eh. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, though I do like Homer's statement of like, well, uh, it's like I was yelling earlier. <laughs> when we come back from the act break, we get um, another Scully standard, which is uh, Lisa being injured. <laughs> You're not going to make the team with that kind of attitude. I don't want to make the team. Then why are you running the obstacle course? Are you wearing my self-defense whistle? You never use it. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Wipe that smile off your face. What did I do? I'm tired of watching you dog it on that football field. From now on, I'm going to work you like a dog. Now go fetch me 20 laps. Oh, man. Do it. You shouldn't pressure Bart like that. Well, if you know a better way for me to live through my son, I'd like to hear it. I knew it. Slowing down already, huh? How can you treat him that way? Don't you remember how bad your father made you feel when you played sports? So yeah, that line about the self-defense whistle, mm. I just kind of got it this time. Where I mean, it's funny <laughs> enough that Homer used it and took it from Marge, but it's the line where he says, well, you never use it. He should be happy his wife has never had to blow the self-defense whistle. Yes, yeah. And then she's it's a never very callous a- line that I think is funny. <laughs> Uh, and, and I'm really glad they used the word self-defense yeah. instead of another word they could have used for that. Oh my God. Which, uh, that, well, that one I might chalk up to Matt Grading saying, we're not yeah. saying that word for a joke on this show. Or the censors. Yeah. It could be the censors Didn't too. they use that word on Arrested Development? Oh yeah. They said the, they, the they said, quote, rape whistle. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, to make the joke even darker, Buster says like anybody's want to R her. That's right. Oh my god! Ooh, yeah, hey, they they go there, man. Jokes don't care about your feelings in this show. <laughs> uh, no, just uh, well, it, it's funny that they were making those jokes at the same time that Jeffrey Tambor was screaming at people and Ooh, uh, ta- yeah. hurting them on set. But anyway, uh, football, um, football. Uh, poor Lisa, though. That falling. Down, I mean, that's that's meant to kill people. Those those tires on the stairs. And Homer's wearing Tom Landry's hat from uh, You Only Move Twice, right? You're right. He yeah. pulled it out of storage. That's pretty good. And. Uh, yes i'm just like dogging you out on the field now go fetch me 20 laps that's a fun that's a fun i'm gonna work you like a dog (laughs) and tom landry's hat doesn't motivate you i don't know what will (laughs) (laughs) and uh so yeah we go to a little flashback here where they're basically in their way we was designs too but they're more like in the late 70s than 1974 well because they're even homer is dancing to a song released in 1979 not 1974 so yes the song which i just realized is a real song is called called Music Box Dancer, 
by Frank Mills. It's an instrumental song that was an international hit in the late 70s. And we have a clip of the song. And you know what? It ain't bad. It's very pleasant. Very soothing. Yeah, I like that. Yep, that's it. Real song, real song. Frank Mills looks like a very nice man in that video. He does. Just, what a nice man. <laughs> this is like beginning. He'd sell you a car or something. I think so. Well, this is beginning the era that I don't like of of TV writing, where all the characters now have grown up together. Like they're they all grew up in this. They went to the same high school. Mo grew up with them. Smithers grew up with them. Lenny grew up with them. <laughs> I just I think it's kind of lazy. I it's, get what they're doing, but yeah. Well, I mean, you just modify the character models a little bit, but was Lenny going out with Marge? It looked like he was trying to. <laughs> it looked like he had his arm around her or something. Well, he was just relaxing. Yeah, and maybe I he see. was trying to get into her personal space. In his bull shirt. Yeah. But I believe uh, Venture Brothers called this super crazy no way school. Yep. Yeah. Which, this device. Which it was based on Marvel Comics. Uh, Dr. Doom and Reed Richards and Ben Grimm all went to the same ho- college <laughs> and fought over a dorm room. Like that's how the like they expanded from there. And- also, that was their origin story. That's why uh, yeah. they hate each other so much. Uh, Reed Richards was proving to be smarter than him at Empire State University. So Victor Von Doom cursed Richards to that very day. <laughs> I know exactly two people from my high school. <laughs> I know zero. And none of them are important in your life now. Or uh, like, One of them is okay. mildly important, I guess. <laughs> but they're not your employees or bosses no. or coworkers. Or, yeah. Yes. This animation of Homer's routine is so cool and good, though. They spent a lot of time and uh, effort on this. I like how it looks. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, well, it's also a stock comedy thing to give a one of your more masculine characters a uh, a girly or a more feminine uh, sporting background. And young Homer is not in good shape in this, <laughs> in this clip. It reminds me of when young Homer is being a, a, a choir singer. And oh yeah, it's like Until hot diggity his, uh, balls dropped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, but in this case, Abe is just an asshole. Like yeah. I, I do like this. Uh, we're a bad dad podcast. We're anti dad. Yeah. So I, I like this anti dad sentiment in this episode too. <laughs> well, that Homer had a horrible father, and that led him to be a bad dad to his son. And then when he tries to change it, he's just it's his half fast over parenting. That's, right. That's what I was thinking of. Abe is just unapologetically like, no, you disappoint me and I don't like you. Like that's that's who he is to Homer in you this You were an accident. <laughs> You're never supposed to tell the child. Uh, my father never believed in me. Well, I'm not going to make the same mistake. From now on, I'm going to be kinder to my son and meaner to my dad. <laughs> Good running, son. I just want to give you a big hug. It's got to be a trick. Run like the wind. I believe in you. <laughs> Hug me! <laughs> no! Will you hug me? Uh-huh. Hug me! I like him throwing down all the debris in his way. <laughs> it's, it's like that hu- gag in Austin Powers where Dr. Evil's like, 
Hug me. Hug, <laughs> hug, hug. hug. Uh, this, the circle they're running in is very well animated. Too. Dominic Palcino and his team did a really good job there. The uh, But just how Bart knocks over a new thing that Homer has to jump over. I mean, if my dad uh, started all of a sudden going like, you should hug me. I'm like, no. What What's, the hell's going on? What yeah. is this? What? The trick. And, uh, and I do like, I as an anti-dad podcaster, I do like <laughs> his uh, Homer's resolution. Like, and I'll be meaner to my dad. <laughs> good resolution. <laughs> This was definitely seemingly the writer's favorite joke of the episode, but Homer cutting kids is his heartless cutting is very mean, but I do like it is funny. Okay, it's time for the easiest part of any coach's job, <laughs> the cuts. Now, while I wasn't able to cut everyone I wanted to, I have cut a lot of you. Wendell is cut. Rudy is cut. Janie, you're gone. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. <sighs> Except you, you, and you. <laughs> Bart didn't get cut. What a surprise. Now, just because I'm his father, he'll get no special treatment. He calls me coach just like everyone else, which he'll be doing as our new starting quarterback. Oh, no! What a rip! But, coach... What is it, sweetie? Nelson's a great quarterback. He's carrying this team. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. From now on, you're my main man. Okay, now, everyone, give me five laps and hit the showers. Oh, Rod, you don't have to. You're cut. So if Homer were smarter, he would just make Nelson the running back and then have uh, Bart hand off to him every play. Yeah, just always do a handoff and clobber right through him. He doesn't even put him on the field. He He just puts Nelson on the bench. I think Bart, knowing he's bad at the sport, is very observational because that's how I was. I'm like, put me where none of the action happens. Yeah, that's I where I want to be. I don't want a chance to be a star. I don't want opportunity. Just let me be over here. So you want me to run the team? Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Homer is also... that They found an interesting place to take Homer because they, they said on the commentary, they're like, well, what are we going to do? Just another Homer's a mean dad for sports thing. But instead, he... Yeah. Has to be good by trying to be good, he's actually worse. Plus, you get to do jokes about the very real thing of parent coaches who put their who favor their kid over all else. Yeah, it's, that's what makes it a little different from Lisa and Ice. For it's sure. a nice twist where him being supportive is bad, and he promises <laughs> to not do it in the end. One well, parents coaching the team and playing favorites with their kid, like well, who who wouldn't do that? It's your kid. Like you, I I don't care about any children, but if I had a son, I'd be like, well, I definitely only care about you. I don't give a shit if these other kids play. Uh, and I mean, I think my little brother had that on his soccer team where he it was just accepted. Like, yeah, no, the son's uh, the coach's son. He he does all the stuff. That's Thanks, just- Dad. <laughs> so here's my grand unifying theory of the Simpsons. Go for my it. My grand unifying theory of the Simpsons is that it's the same year every time. That's why they graduate from the same grade multiple times. <laughs> That's why you see weird things like Bart's a hockey star in one episode, and he's a football, not very good at football player in another episode. It's because it's the same year, but in different universes. Huh. There are uh, multiple. It's the Simpsons multiverse. I like that theory. Or it's always yeah. 1989. <laughs> it's always, uh, or 1992. And, uh, and the years can uh, vary, but they're always playing out the same year. Hmm. Uh, but that 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 turns away from my beloved continuity. The, the continuity. Well, some episodes cats. have continuity. I want a Homerverse movie now. Some some <laughs> universes are set in the same universe, and some of them are definitely are not. And this one is very much a different universe from the one where. 
Bart is extremely athletic and very good at hockey. I mean, being good at hockey doesn't necessarily translate to football, though, I would guess. Uh, I don't know. I think this episode is showing him being like completely like he's not coordinated at all. He's very bad at sports in general. He's He's fat. Well, on the hockey team, he's actually very accurate with his shots. And as we'll see later, like he can't throw that football. And he's fast. He is a good skater. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, and Letterkenny, you should go watch Letterkenny. It's a great show on Hulu. Uh, they make a lot of jokes about hockey players doing leg day. Leg day, because if, you, if you're going to be playing hockey, you better have, be in shape with your legs. Oh. And so you'd think Bart would be able to run around at least. But Boy, I never thought about that with hockey players having to have good legs. I like leg day like I love my wife. A lot. <laughs> uh, but Homer cutting the kids, I love just how heartlessly he does it. And I just like, I didn't cut everyone I want, but I did cut a lot of you. <laughs> Martin is sad to be cut from a football team. <laughs> and this is like angry, leave. sarcastic Martin, which yeah. is something what you never hear. What a surprise. Hear. What a surprise. Uh, that would have been me on the team. I would have <laughs> been that. Sorry. I, 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 I got to get a passive aggressive dig in before I leave. Let's... I would have been, been Millhouse happy to be cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, and Mill, there are some numbers jokes there that Millhouse is zero, <laughs> and uh, that Rod is sixty six and Todd is six, making them six 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 together. Ah, that's uh, good. I gotta get a uh, thumbs up to the Simpsons World app is horrible, and I would never suggest really using it that much, especially if you have DVDs. But that one I didn't know until I read it in their trivia things on Those the side. Those are fun facts. <laughs> uh, they they almost make that night that full minute of forced video before watching anything <laughs> worth it. And you know what they do? You can't even switch tabs because they're like, "Oh, you close this tab? That they, we're stopping this." We video. got you. How dare they? <laughs> I love how B says, oh, they all call me coach. And then Bart calls him coach. He responds by calling him sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's an odd joke where they're they're driving home and Lisa's reading a book called Foot, uh, Sports Injuries. And well, she wants Bart to be injured horribly. I guess She's that's excited it. about it. It's just weird. Well, it reminds me of the videos from the 80s and 90s. It's the greatest sports bloopers where invariably it was somebody getting horribly injured but it would add doink sound effects doink <laughs> there's an episode yeah. where homer watches one of those like early on yes two or exactly three. Yeah, you made me miss joe theisman as a kid all right oh right, my god right. <laughs> but it, it pays off well with when lisa takes the wheel she's like i got yeah. it that should be instead of people saying jesus take the wheel they should say lisa, lisa take, take the, the wheel. wheel she's literally a back seat just in the back seat from now on in this episode <laughs> yeah. it's like well, I had my moment with the uh, with the gag where I'm trying to join the football team. Now I'm just in the backseat. I'll take the wheel periodically if you need me to. I also love the line of like, since when? Since your mother yelled at me. Anyway, <laughs> well, how about that hug? And he just loses all sense. He's like, well, I got to get this hug. I don't know where I am right now, but I have to hug you. They they go to the next game, and when Ned is like, no hard feelings, then Homer's like, yeah, you're not so talkative now. <laughs> it's very funny, but I really don't like jokes about Homer being a... It, abusive in the way like that is uh identifiable to me too realistic well yeah it's just like i had uh, many an argument with my dad where he just pretended things that happened before did not happen or say that you said something he said and you just just had to accept it and that's the kind of space yeah that is the gaslighting space that these funny homer jokes are coming from but but that being cheerful and not fighting back against homer's weird weird response is classic ned like he's just everything bounces off of him he's 
let it go. His his neck is healed from getting hit with a full beer can. Well, we're like firmly into jerk ass Homer uh, territory now. It has resumed. Yeah, I resist that narrative. The well, difference the difference between Homer when he's being sweet is there's a fundamental insecurity about him, and he kind of wants to do the right thing, but he doesn't know how. But when he's in jerk ass Homer territory, he just does not care about anybody. Uh, he can get extremely mean. And yeah, it's very much playing up these different traits. And that's one of them is his rivalry with Flanders, where he's just being full on, well, mean. I would say he was a jerk ass in Lisa on Ice, though. Oh, he was sure. a huge jerk ass. Oh, yeah. And that was also a Scully episode. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, you, you, you said it on a previous one, Bob, but I think Bill and Josh wanted to resist the clear momentum of Homer being meaner each season and making him a more likable guy who actually, say, treats his wife to a spa day. Uh, all those things like that. But so why is Marge with this ogre? <laughs> yeah, so once once Bill and Josh are gone, I think the they listen more to the evil Homers on their shoulders <laughs> and uh, and get, do more jokes about, like, it'd be funny if Homer was extra mean here. It'd but be funny if Homer gaslit somebody or didn't listen to Marge or told called her a liar like that that's funnier well he wants to be he wants to do the quote-unquote good thing here with bart but it's from a fundamental place of selfishness which oh, yeah. is why he's really bad at it <laughs> he's doing it for him he's not doing it for bart and uh, we get to see bart's tough game as the quarterback uh there's even some first person view of what it's like to be on the field with like <laughs> trying to find somebody to throw the ball to it looks terrifying <laughs> it uh, captures what it must be like on that field i wasn't there, Kat? This is a Madden question. Wasn't there at least one year there was a first-person yes. mode in Madden? And that was actually NFL 2K. Oh, okay. Uh, one of the most famous games, NFL 2K5, considered one of the best football sims ever. Had a first-person mode. It was not good. Okay. It was <laughs> it very, sound good. very bad. Yeah. It's worth a try. It's worth a try. <laughs> it was a fun novelty. Yes, Bart is having some trouble on the field. No, please, Bart, don't! Help, help. Whoa. Get him! Whoa. Get him. Look at him go! Oh. Oh. Excellent boy, son. You panicked, but you <laughs> didn't lose your cool. Does Homer even watch football? Because that was obviously <laughs> a safety. All right. What's the difference between safety and a touchback? A uh, touchback is if the ball rolls uh, out of the end zone, whereas a safety would be... I'm holding on to the ball, but you've t- sacked me into the end zone. That's a safety, and it's mm. two points, and I have to get, and I lose the ball. Okay. You yeah. should call it ball rolly and ball holdy. <laughs> <laughs> it's better. Uh, and well, though, you know, partially the blame goes on Millhouse for not accepting that lateral or handoff or whatever. That yeah. should have been. I thought Millhouse got cut. Yeah, uh, no, he's getting cut. later. Oh, yes, later, yeah. he got cut. Okay. Poor, poor Bart. Also, even ends up getting Nelson beat up for once by yeah. passing to Nelson on the on the bench. I mean, they were all wide open. Just throw the freaking ball, man. And he's tensed up there. He's he knows he's about to get creamed again. He's well, also he's probably at least concussed once this yeah. this far into the game. Well, you were asking me, Bob, why do I like sports? And I think one of the things that constantly amazes me is. That these people can take the ball, drop back, and in the space of two seconds, scan the entire field, see who's going to be open or know who's going to be open, and make the release while large men are coming at them to kill them. (laughs) I honestly don't know how people catch footballs. I've never been able to do it successfully. It hurts. I don't know how they (laughs) throw the ball. Like... 
the way that they can release the ball almost effortlessly, like a flick of the wrist, and then it's yeah. going down 60 or 70 yards down the field. It's incredible. I can't throw a football or catch a football. <laughs> I would be like Bart. They would be coming after me. I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm just going backward. I'm holding onto the ball awkwardly. Help me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Me. Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I. that would be me, my reaction, too. Yeah. I, so Bart, uh, Bart had a pretty tough day. Homer tries to cheer him up, which only makes the team hate him more. Yeah. Do Ricky players get the game ball? Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, let's hear it for Bart! Give me a B? I won't give you a B, but I'll tear you a new A. <laughs> if I wasn't your friend, I'd tell you, you sucked. Yeah. You ruined our undefeated season! You ruined everything, ruiner! My sister likes you. Listen here, Daddy's boy. You cost us one more game, and you're dead. You're going to heaven. That's not the best line to go out on. You're going to heaven. Nah. Ralph's had better non. There are better Ralph lines than that. Yeah. It's a very sweaty Ralph line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's saying instead of saying you're going to hell, he's happy he's going to heaven when he's dead. Uh, also, according to Simpsons World, it was Sherry who said that. Uh, so it's Terry who uh, has a crush on Bart. Wow, okay, That's canon. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, it's all. It's hard to tell otherwise. But and yeah, you really do feel for poor Bart just being hated by everybody on the team. And again. Homer Homer is such a bad coach, he just walks away and doesn't notice <laughs> that everyone hates Bart. And gives him the game-winning ball, which is just like an added a game-losing ball. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he must have stolen that from the winning team then. They're oh, the ones wow, who should get wow. to have that ball. Hey, everybody, we lost 52 to zero, but here's the game ball to remember it by. <laughs> it's a pity ball. <laughs> oh, there's a, I forgot to mention, there's a cute sign joke I only caught this time, too. When they're beating the team that has a zero on their scoreboard, they're Victory City, and that they have zero. Oh, okay. That's a cute guy. I like that. Now we go to commercial break, and when we come back, That's we've great. got our big guest, like a cat. Who is Joe Namath? Okay, Joe Namath was the quarterback of the New York Jets. He was Willie Joe Namath, and he had that wild hair that made uh, Homer's mother uh, become a feminist or something, Exactly. Homer didn't know, but the man who radicalized his mother, (laughs) it was in his backyard briefly. Wow. (laughs) He He looks like a girl. He was uh, the original party animal, uh, celeb. He wasn't just really good at throwing the ball. He was... A superstar. He, he was in Playboy. And he had the mink coat. He had a Fu Manchu, and he got paid ten thousand bucks to shave it off. He was oh. a tabloid play guy. Oh, didn't he also advertise like nylons once and said, yes. if "They make me look this good. Imagine what they look like on a lady." Yes, he did. Uh, so he now. was a ladies' man, and mm. of course, famously, he made the guarantee that. Uh, so his team, the Jets, were playing the Baltimore Colts, who were widely regarded as one of the best teams of all time at the time. And it was the AFL versus the NFL, and there were two separate leagues. They were playing in the big Super Bowl, and at the past two Super Bowls, the teams had just kicked the living crap out of the AFL team. So Joe Namath responded to a heckler by saying, I guarantee we're going to beat the Baltimore Colts. And that's what they did. And it wow. famously gave uh, the AFL legitimacy it paved the way for the merger that became the modern NFL. Joe Namath uh, went out, continued to be a superstar, though he was a famous drunk. Oh, okay. Yeah, a huge alcoholic. And it wasn't vapor luck. <laughs> he shouldn't be. Yeah, that was just a drunk driving accident. Yeah. <laughs> 
there was a story of how apparently uh, he had some thugs hold down a journalist and beat the crap out of him in a bar while he was extremely drunk. Whoa. Years later, in like 2003, 2004 maybe, he was at a Jets anniversary game, and he was being interviewed by Susie Kolber of the ESPN, and he was like, I don't care about the Jets. I just want to kiss you, Susie, Whoa. on the air. And he apologized, Yikes. and a couple weeks later, checked into rehab. So. Oh, That's good. boy, man. What does it mean to you now when the team is struggling? I want to kiss you. I couldn't care less about the team struggling. Yeah. And did he injure himself in some way? Is that why he limps away at the end of the scene? Did he have a football injury or something? Uh, a famous I, injury? I think that he was oft injured, okay. perhaps. Uh, I think he had knee problems was yeah. his big thing. Yeah. They make him limp away as if he has like some sort of knee issue. Well, perhaps he, as a professional footballer, probably going to have extremely sore and stiff and painful knees and that kind of thing. I remember there was that great gag in the next football episode of The Simpsons of the, the yeah, world's yeah. oldest NFL player ah <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> they're getting a little older these days right i mean hell terry bradshaw must be in his 70s or something now oh tom brady's still playing he's like 42 mm. but wow that's pretty impressive yeah but there's some players who are who will definitely live a long time and there's some players who are dying not long after they get out of the nfl and start Oof. Uh, well, Joe Namath's still with us, too, I still believe. Still with us. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, should I play the anti-death jingle? Yeah, he's not that old. Uh, you never know, these yeah. football players. I want to exercise our powers. Okay. <laughs> we'll find uh, out if they work. Well, here's here's Joe Namath uh, making quite a funny appearance here in this like great parody of like a sports commercial. Oh, it's going to take a miracle for me to become a good quarterback. Excuse me, son. Joe Namath. That's right. My car broke down in front of your house. I cannot believe you are here. Do you think maybe you could give me some pointers? Sure. There's only one thing you need to know to be a great quarterback. Joe, honey, I fixed it. It was just vapor lock. Oh, oops. Hey, look, I got to run. Remember what I told you. <laughs> okay, Bart, concentrate. Remember what I told you. Just one thing. My car broke down. I'm Joe Namath. My car broke down. It was just vapor lock. Vapor lock. Vapor lock. Vapor lock. I'm dead. <laughs> That's so great. It's my favorite scene of the show. I love that. I also that like line how, of the episode. Uh, sure. Yeah, I like it a lot. That's the joke. I do love the rotating head device, which is something that Al Jean and Mike Reese used a lot. But we haven't had that in a long time. We have not. And I love the two different readings for my car broke down. My car broke down. I'm Joe Namath. <laughs> I'm Joe Namath. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he gives a very natural line reading of like, uh, oh, hey, I got to go. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's a very real, you know. He's good. He's good at this scene. It feels like he said that a lot of times. Like, oh, I got to get out of here. Well, he's, guys. He's, Sorry, I got to go. He's did a lot of commercials in this day. He's on, st- on film. Donna Carey jokes on the commentary that they're like, oh, yeah, we'd worked with him. I'd worked with him on late night and uh, know that he's a guy who will say yes if you ask him to do something. Mm. So we got him. And, and that uh, woman looks kind of like his wife at the time. OK. Yeah. But kind it's, of. But it's Bart's imagination of her. He's imagining like, a woman. <laughs> he, he knows what Joe Namath's <laughs> wife looks like. He's a little boy in 1997. I mean, he knows who Joe Namath is when he when Joe Namath never played a game while Bart was alive. Yeah. Yet he's heard of him. I mean, he's famous. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I but though Bart also doesn't care about football, so But this is the kind of thing where like Mike Scully grew up watching Joe Namath. Yeah. And therefore, of course, he's gonna have him come on. Well, it's also this is a hilarious scene, but it's also a very Mike Scully thing that when he would cast famous people, they were very overtly themselves in most cases. Uh though this wasn't like for like star power of like, hey, come see in sync on the show or whatever. But it very much is like we got Joe Namath, he's playing Joe Namath. We're not hiring an actor to play a character. We got Joe Namath to be Joe Namath. But there was a bit earlier where Sandy Koufax is on the show, but he never says anything. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you think Sandy Koufax is the... Co-? Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> it would be funny if the only guest in the football episode would be a baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and just as like, just one thing. <laughs> uh, and so after this, Bart decides that he's got to, he's got to get out of it and he's going to need to lie to Homer. And uh, quite a lie he has cooked up here. Dad, I got some bad news. Oh, your mother's not pregnant, is she? <laughs> no, I got hit by a couple of cars. <laughs> I won't be able to play today. Yes. Oh, boy. Well, I'll just have to go to my backup plan. Nelson, how's your arm feeling? Great! Good. Take this note over to the referee. <laughs> we forfeit? 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 Come on! Oh, come on, guys. We can't play without Bart. He's the heart of this team. No, I'm not. I suck. It's true. He does. <laughs> yeah, he does. Don't listen to them, son. I have total faith in you. <clears throat> you don't get it, do you? I don't want to be your stupid quarterback. I quit. What? Well, I got news for you, mister. You can't quit. You're cut. You too, Millhouse. All right! <laughs> <laughs> I was Millhouse. Uh, throwing his jockstrap down in freedom, which he might, I guess it was Velcroed together how he rips it off so easily. <laughs> How'd you take off your jockstrap without taking off your pants? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Homer's immediate thing is like, another kid? Oh, no. Is that the bad news? <laughs> when Bart is covered in uh, in bandages, that maybe should be what Homer thinks. And uh, also the way it's, there's a lot of, uh, they remind me of Dave Merkin era again of just, there's so many great misdirects in this. And mm. one of the ones is like, hey, how's your arm? Great. And then hand him this note. <laughs> <laughs> this episode ends on a great misdirect. We'll get to it. Though. One of the yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, that they... The Bart has to be so insistent, like, I'm not good. Stop it. <laughs> and actually, that's not the act break, though. It totally feels like it, it is. It should be. Go out on Millhouse throwing his jockstrap down. Uh, but when we come back, we've got an uncomfortable dinner. Oh, God. So, like I said, I've never had a tick burrow in so deep. Ugh. Little guy's just got a mind of his own. Yeah. Mom, please, we're eating. Well, at least I'm making conversation. <laughs> May I be excused, Mom? Oh, so now you're quitting dinner, too. Homer, please. I didn't raise him to be a quitter, Marge. It must have been you. You've quit every job you've ever had. Cop, pretzel vendor, church counselor, professional gambler. He's doing what he thinks is best. Well, if quitting is the best, maybe I should just quit my job. (laughs) Mr. Burns, this is Homer J. Simpson, the father of the big quitter. Well, I just wanted to tell you I'm a big quitter, too. And I quit. <laughs> Homer, Mr. Burns can't see you winking. So... <laughs> <laughs> I love that so... Uh, so uh, <laughs> isn't there an episode where Homer tells Bart that he's like, 
yeah, you quit, kid. You oh. quit. <laughs> yeah, no, when he tells him that uh, if something's hard to do, you don't do it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what he tells him about his guitar playing. Uh, but this Homer is turned around. Well, I mean, Homer is inconsistent in all things, so yes. I am not holding that against him. <laughs> but sure. I, I also do, I love a great joke about uh, referencing previous things, episodes. So <laughs> he brings up all the jobs Marge has had recently. And, well, how many jobs has Homer quit? Uh, There's you, a joke coming up where he names all of his jobs, including homophobe. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's uh, we we got a few a couple. We're in years season nine. It's time to get self-referential. <laughs> well, I definitely Mike Scully is feeling the weight of the series here, and also they're all feeling like, well, the show's almost done. Yeah. It's been on so long, and uh, they aren't even a third of the way through mm. at this point. I'm here to shut off the lights. Oh wait! In fact, when I was looking up this episode, it said Simpsons classic Bart Starr, and it I is. was like, it is classic at this years point. Old, yeah. Oh my god, that's so long ago. How often does Marge get attacked by ticks? Too? That's great. She, needs to... she just thinks they're neat. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks everything's neat. She's yeah. very positive in that way. It keeps her from going uh, crazy. Though she's going to get Lyme disease at one of these times from a spirochete. It's, uh, it's Does that tick. mean you're crazy? <laughs> no, it means she's faking it. <laughs> uh, it's a little both. <laughs> and there's a nice little return to a hoy hoy. Oh, uh, that's that great. Too. Uh, and that by hanging up on Burns there, he did just lose his job. Like, he didn't yeah. tell Burns it was a joke. He just has to count on Burns sundowning at this time, and that he's not going <laughs> to remember it anyway. Yeah, he doesn't remember who Homer is in, what, the next episode? Or actually, later in the season, sorry. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's still most of the season. We come into the game without Bart. Nelson is winning. They're, he's doing awesome. He passes a football to himself. He's got to quit smoking. <laughs> he's. I wish they'd shown him smoking on screen. That would have been funny. And, uh, and then we get a big time cameo Whoa. in this one i gotta quit smoking we drove 2,000 miles for this we're in the championship way to go team gee thanks coach great game son come on i'm taking you to hooters i don't want to bother mom at work well bart looks like it's just you and Oh. So yeah, Hank Hill. Boy. Hank, Bobby, Luann, and Peggy are there, but that's Mike Judge. And uh, Bill and Boomhauer, I think, are in the background, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. The upper Bill, uh, maybe Dale, too. Yeah. They're, but they're all drawn to look like them in their show. With, with their skin color, too. They're not right? yellowed yeah. like, uh, like, say, Jay Sherman was. So I saw Mike Judge just recently. Really? Yep. Oh, I, I think I know why. I have good news for you, by the way. He talked about going on InfoWars. Oh, and, okay. yeah. And he said that he called Alex Jones, quote, a local kook, who okay. was kind of funny at the time, and now he's, quote, gone completely nuts. All right. That's so, good. That's good. We saw him a few years ago doing a King of the Hill live reading, which was great. He's yeah. cool there. Yeah, he was talking about Office Space, so that was okay. a lot of fun. Oh, that, uh, oh at the at SF Sketch Fest, the yes. show that we also did? Yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, not to brag. We're as good as Mike Judge, it's official. We're I equals. Was, I was also at that show, and that was fun. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you, yes. Uh, guys, listen back to that and see if you can catch I was the Kat's one going, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, that we changed your mind? That was yeah, you okay. changed my mind. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, this is kind of risky, because I assume this was being written just before... King of the Hill was premiering, so they didn't know like if this if King of the Hill was like a like a notorious flop or like a major failure. I have a feeling that scene would be cut out completely easily. Yeah, yeah. it's easily chopped out. But <laughs> King of the Hill was a big hit in its first season, Se- and it's uh, next two seasons too. So yeah, season two was airing right beside this episode too. I yeah, that's maybe too why so it's so easy to cut out. They don't even have him interacting with 
like Homer or any character. It's just that they beat Arlen, that they came 2,000 miles, though that doesn't let you know where exactly Springfield is because, you know, uh, Texas is all tucked away down there. But but yeah. it's it's 2,000 miles from a lot of America. It's a radius you can draw around yeah. it. But uh, yeah, look forward to Talking of the Hill, our entire first season exploration of King of the Hill, only on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons coming up in March. So this brings me to my other point of the grand unifying the- theory of the Simpsons. I think that the Simpsons are on the East Coast. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's, there's evidence to they, point to that and evidence to point away from they've that. They've gone through hurricanes. It snowed. There are a lot, there's a lot of East Coast kind of seaside culture. Uh, it, it's, I mean, obviously they live in all parts of the country at all times because right. the te- Springfield is teleporting around. And actually, I think it's based on Portland. Some well, of lots of it is. Po- yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Matt, as Matt Groening envisioned it early, it was based on the Portland he grew up in. So, yeah. So, when Hank says, We drove 2,000 miles for this, that tells me that. They're on the East Coast. But if they were in Scully's Springfield that he grew up in was in Massachusetts. Yeah. I think his Springfield has a more East Coast vibe to it, which that I think I would bet Massachusetts is 2,000 miles from Texas and as also, well. also, Homer has a huge grudge against Massachusetts. So. Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> he really hates Massachusetts. He wants Sideshow Bob to go back to Massachusetts. Go back to Massachusetts. <laughs> Uh, people don't. It is now. California is taking over as a scapegoat. I was going to say yeah. that. Yeah, people are so afraid of California. It's it's great, and they should be. We're yeah. very scary. We got all the money. Got all the money. We got all the food. You got nothing. The best legal marijuana money can buy. <laughs> Take that, Denver. <laughs> uh, and uh, but yeah, it was it was interesting to see them there though. It and they got Mike Judge. It annoyed me on the commentary. You were watching. We were watching the commentary a little beforehand, and oh. when they go like, "Hey, there they are." I was like, this is a commentary. Tell me how you got Mike Judge on the show. What the Was fuck? there a conspicuous silence? I forget. Yeah, there were a lot of silences yeah. in that one. It's hard to wonder why. I mean, they could just be talking about specific coaches and naming them by name, and maybe that gets cut out. Or, or Scully saying, Fox made us put Hank Hill in this episode. Ooh, could be that. Yeah. Could be that. Uh, and we do get to see that is Nelson's dad as he looked in Brother from the Same Planet. But not voiced by Phil Hartman. Who is still with us at this yeah. time. He could have done it. We talked about this before, but in 2004, Nelson's dad comes back with a new design, and that episode is very much about where his dad went. Ah, okay. Sleeping with the Enemy, 2004 episode. He, he drives off after dropping him off at Hooters. To get I cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the Quickie Mart. Homer is looking for some Skittle Brow. Perhaps he dreamed it. <laughs> and uh, so I did look this up there. According to Google, there is no like beer with candy in it that is commercially sold. What was or- that dumb soda that had like little orbs floating in it? Like little oh, candy yeah. orbs? Like I forget that one. Well, I- it was of the Fruitopia 90s kind of like weird hippie soda crap. In Japan, I have had a canned soda of that type that had like, you know, gumballs in it or gummies in it, not gumballs. I think boba tea is just what Homer wants now. (laughs) How do we feel about boba tea at this table? I'm pro boba tea. I'm not a big fan. Damn. Hate it. I don't like the big straw. Oh, but I hate the. Um, don't you like feeling that slippery glue no, hit the back like, of your throat? It's like eating tadpoles. I hate the tapioca. Yeah. When you drag on the straw too hard, then it just slams the back of your throat. They fire and you start back, yeah, and you die. Where <laughs> I used to, to live in San Francisco had I, I would swear to God at least two bubble tea 
joints per block. They were everywhere. Has that calmed down some? A couple have closed here that I used to know well, about Well, I mean, block. they hit critical mass, and at least a couple had to close, mm. I guess. In Berkeley, where we live in Record, there's like seven Poke Bowl places. I love them. I wish I could also... There's a lot of them. I wish I could nuke that from orbit. I hate Poke Bowls. It's, it's just yummy fish no. in a bowl. What do you want? It makes me sick. But what? You don't like sushi? I don't like sashimi. Okay, well you're mm. you're wrong. Yeah, my your feelings are wrong. I would rather just have nigiri. You could eat sashimi on top of rice and eat it with the this rice. This is the most California conversation <laughs> we've ever had. Sear that tuna. It's even. I better. mean, okay, if I had to pick True. between sashimi or nigiri, I'd pick that. I'd pick nigiri, but oh, yeah. I still I still like sashimi. Uh, but I mean, the pairing with nigiri and the rice is, just feels right to me. I mm. like that more. But uh, though, pair, uh, I will say for my Google search, though, it says that uh, one beer snob website had a list of Halloween candies and what beer pairs best with them. Oh, uh, yuck. Well, Bob, what what I can give you the answer, but what, in your opinion, would be the best uh, beer to pair with Skittles? Skittles. I would say something not that sweet. So maybe a stout. My first thought was oatmeal stout. Really? Okay, yeah. Or like a chocolate stout. Well, according to this brewery site, it is a white IPA. No. Uh, no. Um, hmm. wow. Not an IPA. No. I like IPAs, but IPA and Skittle together, that's just like, <laughs> it's too much. Uh, uh, there's a reason they call it Skittle Brow. This is brown beer. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I guess uh, try it for yourselves at home, folks. Let us uh, Apparently, let us know. people have tried to make Skittle Brow. I've seen it on the internet. It's gross. I have no doubt. It turns out they dissolve in beer, and it's disgusting. <laughs> it's like people who tried to make their own butter beer. Mm. Ooh, that's da- that's dangerous. Uh, you can only do that if you have magic, <laughs> or if you go to Disney. Uh, no, Universal. Universal. Is my my bad. bad. Oh, I'm uh, turning in my nerd cred right now. Uh, <laughs> It'll be Disney soon enough. Don't worry. <laughs> They'll buy it too. It's also well a nice design on the bag. Homer gets he asks for you know a couple six packs and some Skittles, and the bag when it moves around looks like it contains a six-pack of beer in it yeah so you know good uh, plus there dominic Pulcino. bard and homer make up and the only thing that dates this is just like i mean does does a 7-eleven have in 97 did they even have arcade machines in them anymore i would figure they'd become unaffordable i think that i mean they would still have a few hanging around from the earlier 90s i definitely had never seen an arcade machine in a 7-eleven really Okay, but weird. also I had never seen a Seven Eleven. We didn't have Seven Elevens, but there are there were arcade machines in like the the mud room or whatever of a convenience store or the entryway or whatever you want to call it. I'd yeah. seen a few. I mean, not as much as you'd see at say a movie theater or a pizza parlor. Yeah, I saw them in pizza joints, and that was it. Hmm. I want to apologize. I just got so caught up trying to encourage you, I was blinded to your stinky performance. <laughs> if you forgive me, I promise I'll never encourage you again. I've got lots of quarters. This thing only takes dollars. Aww. You know, tomorrow's a championship game, and I could sure use a good offensive tackle. I thought Uter took my place. Consider him cut. <laughs> <laughs> that is very late 90s to be like, oh, this arcade machine only takes dollars. I liked, as a kid, I liked that joke. I they were like, getting that expensive, uh, depending on what you wanted to play. Well, yeah. it was like you had the biking game with yeah. the, uh, the balloons, and that was like two bucks. Or like something Way like too much. A Time Crisis. Mm-hmm. Or Jurassic Park, the game. Yeah, yeah, in Japan, that's why J- Japanese arcades are so alive. You just plug in like four, uh, a couple hundred yen, and you're like, oh, whatever, it's two coins, boom, boom. Yeah, I mean, that's just a difference in, in uh, currency and culture yeah. there. Like a hundred yeah. yen coin, when I've 
you know, vacation in Japan, it's I always have like a few, a couple hundred yen coins on me. I always but, have a few thousand yen bills just kind of around and be like, yeah, just stick one in. As opposed to if I put 10 bucks into a machine, I'm like, absolutely yeah. not. It's way too much money. <laughs> it feels like like Monopoly money when you're in another country. Just like, it's true, yeah. Here, take my colored paper. But especially in Japan. Money's not even real, guys. <laughs> uh, but I... <laughs> Uh, I also that feels like one of Scully's kids told him at some point arcade machines don't take quarters anymore. Dad. Oh no, they take quarters. You just plug in eight of them. You need a lot of quarters. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that catfight machine, that had to be the first time Skank has been said on The Simpsons, <laughs> I think, at that point. Not to be confused with the Ben Stiller character Skank. Or uh, the dance. We're seeing the progression of video games, catfight. <laughs> yeah, so this is their Mortal Kombat joke, or a newer Mortal Kombat joke, because they did that with Bloodstorm or Bonestorm. Somebody was making a game like this in like the, probably around like 2012 or 2013. Huh. Feels like kind of game that would come out in 1997 yeah i remember writing about it and getting people mad pre-gamergate times so ah good times uh we get a quick little electric football joke which i only got because the critic did an electric football joke yeah never i didn't grow up in the 70s i didn't have an electric football baffling baffling toy (laughs) video games exist now don't worry about it video games existed in the 70s too that was more of a 60s toy i think True. I mean, the, it was probably cheaper to get electric football than uh, than a pong machine. I would, I would bet. I would gather. <laughs> wow, Homer coaching in the championship game. You must be pretty proud of your son. You'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> Time for one last play, coach. Hold on, I'm working it out. Okay, after you vibrate that way. Two of you fall down. Nelson, you just spin around in a circle. <laughs> All right, I've got an arrest warrant here for Nelson Muntz. Uh, which one of you little punks is Muntz? Oh, no, my quarterback. What are we going to do? It's okay, Dad. I can fill in for Nelson. Are you sure, son? I knew I could count on you. Uh, and it's a great <laughs> cut to what happens to Bart. I laugh every time. I knew knew it was happening. I knew the twist, but I laugh every time it happens. (laughs) Just a smile on all their faces. They know Bart is saying he's going to turn himself in for Nelson, but they're all fine with it. But just as you think that it's going to be him finally fulfilling, he's like, I am ready to be quarterback, Dad. I can do this. Also, in this alternate universe, Chief Wiggum is A, confident in his job, and B, doesn't know who Bart is. Doesn't remember who Bart is from all of his experience, (laughs) or even just his son being on the same football team as both Nelson and Bart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it makes you feel a lot better just thinking about it in terms of alternate universes. I, think. <laughs> I just can't let go of the continuity. It has to be one universe. The continuity. Wiggum is stupid, though. He is, he is quite can get away with this joke. <laughs> and uh, yeah, also the quick gag about one last Abe is awful gag. Just that him saying, like, you'd think so, wouldn't you? And then he just falls asleep. Like, that's funny, but what makes it funnier is just how hurt Marge is by she just looks to the ground so sad. He's wearing a lucky red hat. <laughs> yeah. He stole it from Ned. Thanks for ruining red hats for us forever, Donald it's Trump. true. Uh-oh, they have a new meaning uh, now. It's yeah. now the racism hat. <laughs> if I see red hats now, I see I tense up, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's just a random sports hat. Okay. I had that today. I had that exact thing. Like, red hat. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, people wouldn't proudly wear red hats in this area you would think that we live in, in our, in our liberal bubble. Yeah. Also, don't think you're clever with your parody hat of that, because it just looks like that hat. <laughs> I hate any MAGA parody, because I'm like, no, this is not funny enough it's to make funny. it worth for 
reminding me of uh, of that. Here's my swastika parody. <laughs> so hilarious, his swastika. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, anyway, the last the last bit here. Bart Bart turns himself in. Nelson wins the game, and uh, we get a we get one last screw you done. Poor old Bart here. <laughs> so what's the charge, Chief? Vandalism, smoking. You know what you did, Munch. Burglary and arson. You're going away for a long time. What? <laughs> Poor Bart. You know, we had a lot of fun tonight, but there's nothing funny about vapor lock. It's the third most common cause of car stallings. So please, take care of your car and get it checked. I'm Joe Namath. Good night. Oh, he's so great at that fake sincerity. He's like, I'm Joe Namath. <laughs> I love it's like, poor Bart. Yeah. Anyway, I it's so funny. I think that was a callback to Joe Namath being an a commercial pitch man, but also having him be so aggressively lame that he cares about vapor lock goes yeah. completely against his image as playboy Joe Namath who gets all the gals, right? <laughs> I also think it's funny that this episode jokes about a lot of dark topics, but the one thing he says isn't funny is uh, vapor lock. Is vapor lock. Like we joke about a lot of things, but you know, it's not funny. Vapor lock. We, <laughs> all the it's things. slightly inconvenienced him. <laughs> and it's the number four cause. It's number four. That's right. Car, car stallage. It's a pretty good uh, cameo. Yeah, yeah, it's really you know uh, there there are some there are some uh, lame celebrities in the Scully years, but Joe Namath is one of the better ones. I, I yeah. really like this whole appearance. They had a lot here. of fun with them. I and think over, over the credits, Homer cuts everybody. Yeah, some great. I love just letting Dan go yeah. wild with the improv. My favorite of them is saying that like Joe Namath, you stay. Like that's the one person <laughs> he doesn't cut. He has that much sense at least that he he should not cut Joe Namath from the team kind of reminds me of uh the homer at the bat where he's cutting so you're cutting or you're benching me coach <laughs> oh yeah uh it's how smart play it's how smart managers win ball games <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and we'll hear that over the uh the outro of this episode too so okay. don't don't worry folks you'll hear it this was bart star named after bartlett star we buried the lead there. oh yes yeah <laughs> it's it was the thing that homer was watching in brother from another planet brother from the same planet uh, he was retiring, and the, and the team was like, Bart, 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 Bart. And then Sansa Hubbard was like, Bart, Bart, Bart. Wow, yeah. I totally forgot that. Yeah, it's like yeah. we say goodbye to Craig Bartlett Star, and everyone's <laughs> chanting Bart. Yeah, Craig but, Bartlett. Yeah. <laughs> but also screw Bart Star. <laughs> what did he do? He played for the wrong team. Oh, oh string okay. him up. I think he's dead. <laughs> uh, but... This this was a a funny sports episode, but mm. they've they've done so many sports episodes to this point on The Simpsons that they're kind of retreading some things. And it's yeah. nice on ice, but on you know it's not punched. Well, up but enough. Homer wasn't the coach there, so yeah, you know, I know. But, but and it's a different episode, but I got the same sort of vibe. It's like kids sports doing that kind of thing. It's football instead of hockey now. Also, put your tweets down. I know it was Brian Bartlett's star. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> and he's still alive. <laughs> I mean, it's... A, I think the episode gets better as it goes along because I think the health... Uh, a lot of the health 
fitness center jokes are kind of aggressively lame, but it's a weaker opening, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of the reverse. A lot of the Scully years are more about a wild and funny opening that then at like minute nine gets to the plot of the episode. Instead, yeah. they're at the hell of fitness fair for like maybe three minutes, and then they, then it's football time. The the Joe Namath head fakes for I think easily the best part of this yeah. episode. Yeah, I do think uh, it's not the best sports episode or like best kids in competition episode that Scully does best, but I think it's a pleasant episode, and I love the Namath stuff. I also like all the fake outs, including the Lisa fake out, even though it sells her out a little bit. So yeah, I, I'm enjoying Bart Starr, even though I don't like football. <laughs> ESPN ranked all of the sports episodes slash sports moments in The Simpsons, and I think this one came in number six. Okay, that's yeah. fair fair uh this has been talking simpsons thanks for listening folks uh cat bailey you're a special guest today where can we find you online and listen to all of your stuff and read it perhaps i'm cat bailey i can't remember if i said willie joe namath or joe willie namath but it's willie joe it's joe willie joe willie Hmm. joe willie please please don't have every other comment on this post be about that's why i corrected myself too (laughs) yeah uh but yeah if you enjoy my appearance on the show you can find me uh my day job at us gamer i don't talk about sports that much except when i'm reviewing sports games which i also do inappropriate <laughs> uh if you want to see me complain about my sports teams you can go on twitter at the underscore catbot right now i'm complaining about my soccer team west ham because they're well they're not good but <laughs> that's all of my sports teams well thank you so much for your jock insights yes. uh, Jocks. It's <laughs> yes. a very jocular discussion i am very jockey <laughs> As for us, we are part of the Talking Simpsons Network. It funds everything that we do. And if you want to support the show and get lots of bonus podcasts on top of that, go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. And for the low, low price of $5 a month, you'll get all kinds of bonus podcasts, exclusive miniseries like our upcoming Talking of the Hill that we just mentioned. That's us giving the entire first season of King of the Hill the Talking Simpsons treatment. And that's only available to patrons at the $5 level, including all of the bonus podcasts we've done over the past nearly 18 months of this Patreon experiment. Henry, what else do we have? Well, we have a ton of awesome interviews at patreon.com slash talking simpsons for five dollar and up patrons. You can hear us chat with Mike Scully, the executive producer of the season, plus previous showrunners like Mike Reese, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, and writers like Dan Grady, and directors of the show like David Silverman and Mark Kirkland. Tons of that is there. And plus, if you'd like to step on up to the premium tier for ten dollars a month, oh boy, do you get a bunch of great stuff. You get all the old premium videos we did, like me and Bob going through the original Simpson shorts in their entirety. And also last month, we did the season eight deleted scenes commentary. You can see the video of that if you sign up at $10. But the king of the $10 pledge is our What a Cartoon Movie podcast, where each month me and Bob go through a different animated film in the same talking Simpsons style. We've done Akira. We've done Kiki's Delivery Service. We've done Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And another one's coming up soon in February. So please consider upping your pledge to $10 a month at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. As for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo, and my other podcast I do is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast. It's at retronauts.com, or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine. We've been doing this since 2006, so I'm sure we talked about something you like. If you like video games, you know what? You should like video games. They're better than sports. There, I said it. I'll say it again if I had to. I'm Henry. not going to disagree. See, exactly. Even categories. <laughs> uh, and if you want to hear some more anti-sports bias, you can follow me, Henry Gilbert 
Robert on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. I also tweet out when new podcasts go live, both for What a Cartoon and Talking Simpsons, and other things that are happening on the Patreon. Follow me there one more time. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. We'll see you next week for the two Mrs. Nahasa Pima Petalons. We'll see you then. Scully, you're cut. Brooks, Graining, Simon, you're all cut. Castellaneta, gone. Kavner, cut. Cartwright, cut. Smith, sorry, cut. Azaria and Shearer, you're cut. Firestone, you're cut. So is Judge. Name it, you stay. All of those people are cut. Bill Jolson, Wolf and Silverman. Cole Fryer, O'Brien, Doyle, Delman. I don't know what you, Elliot, I know, I know what you're doing here because you're all cut. Pietula, Bridge, and Kawawa. Now, there's so many cuts here. Look, I'll just post them up and you just see where your name is. Ooh, look at how many cuts there are there. Oh, boy. You're cut. All of you. He's cut. I cut you. Shh. You're cut too, Shushy. That's what I get for having faith in you.